Uh, beer drinkers and hellraisers. If that doesn't describe Adrian Broadus and uh, yours truly, I don't know what does. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the show. Happy Thursday. Good to have you back uh, here on 600 ESPN El Paso. My big thanks to Adrian and Jason Craig and UTEP Zay. And who else was joining the uh, party yesterday? Well, that was it. The trio of us. That's right. Uh, hosted Sports Talk yesterday. UTEP Zay producing the entire show. Uh, fall intern. Yeah, he's, he's earning his brownie points. Good job for Zay. Way to get that done. Happy to hear it. Uh, thanks to, uh, to you, to Jason, to Zay for getting it done. And uh, for those people that uh, were... Kind enough to head out last night to El Paso Country Club for the El Paso Child Guidance Center annual roast uh, in which uh, I was roasted by, um, uh, uh, really, there was three plus Duke. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oscar Leeser along with Brad Dubow, the, um, he is the, um, the market president for Town Square Media here in El Paso, and also my brother Aaron and then Duke got in some good ones too. It was a lot of fun. Had a great time. Saw a lot of uh, a lot of you out there last night, and uh, just thank you all for coming out. It's for a great cause. It's for um, mental, uh, you know, mental health, mental awareness uh, for uh, youngsters as well as uh, for families in need with the El Paso Child Guidance Center. And uh, their goal is to raise a hundred thousand dollars. They're about. Uh, about 70% of the way after yesterday. So if we can get them to that goal, that would be phenomenal, folks. It really would. But had a good time out there last night, and that was a lot of fun. Everybody kept saying, are you, are you worried? Are you nervous? I'm like, nervous? I've been, you know, my whole broadcast career has been one long roast. It hasn't stopped. It started 27 years ago. It's still going on today. So last night was just par for the course, but uh, a lot of fun and as long as I got the last word in, I was I was very happy with that. So that was fun. And uh, thanks to Kathy, thanks to Valerie for planning the event, and uh, thank you to to uh, to the El Paso Child Guidance Center to even consider having me. That's it's quite an honor. And uh, trust me, I uh, you know if I'm going to miss the radio show, it's usually for a pretty good reason. And last night was one of those. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for holding down the fort. Wish you could have been there, but we got a problem. If I'm gone, you need a host. If you're gone, I need a host. Like, we don't really have a long laundry list of backup subs so the two of us can can skip a show one day together and let somebody else host it. Yeah, that's right. Well, first off, Steve, I'm real happy that uh, that you did this with uh, such a great organization. We've talked about them here on this show as well and, and the fact that it's for mental health. Uh, yeah. I love this. I think that's a, a really cool thing. Was it weird? Like, were, at any points, was it awkward or anything? Or you just took everything as a joke and it, it was all in good fun? Everything is a joke. Listen, uh, when you spend uh, your first two and a half years in radio on the Buzz Adams Morning Show and you still go in once or twice a week, uh, no, it's it's all it was just, you know, just par, another par day, for the huh? course is what it was. It's, there were some good ones. Oscar was mean. He threw wow. some. He was he was nasty. He threw some zingers. My brother was the funniest and Brad was the nicest. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like I kept Brad. Wow. It was he 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 wasn't doing a roast. He did what he called a boast. So it almost reminded me like if I was dead and somebody was talking about all the things I've done over the years, that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, please, would you please say the same things that went when I'm gone? Because it was really nice. I was uh, it was it was almost too nice. I kept waiting for something to happen. It never happened. 
Well, did Duke was he on the side of more you know more of uh, like Brad like a little no, nicer? No, no, no. Duke has fun. Duke was basically making fun of the fact that I can't do commercials and then try to do my voice doing doing like a variety of commercials and it was really funny. So Duke did a good job with that. He was doing an impression of me. Uh, and that okay, was okay, so, I got you. I got you. Yeah, it it it, it worked. It did work. So um, you know, uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. Happy to be out there last night. I'm sorry, Mondo the Monster Medina couldn't make it. Had something had come up last minute for him where he was not able to go. So, uh, you know, that was the only thing he was supposed to be there. He wasn't, but uh, everybody else that was there, I appreciate it. And uh, trust me, more than you know, I even I even had some backups just in case uh, Oscar couldn't make it because he had a procedure done uh, on Monday and somehow was able to get out there. It was it was it was like an Iron Man. It was I was impressed. So yeah, it was a lot of fun last night. And and again. Um, uh, you know, if I'm missing a show, it's got to be for something uh, important. And I'm always confident Adrian can hold the fort down. But yeah, I do wish we had a little bit of a Rolodex of backup hosts so that, you know, if we ever both needed to do something together, the show wouldn't have to be off the air. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, maybe one day uh, Lane, once he's out of high oh, school, yeah. then he's uh, you know he's not out at four thirty or something like that. Maybe he and and guys like Jason and UTEP Zay, something like that. We could uh, we could get those th- those uh, that group of people together or Look, something. I don't want to break child labor laws. I mean, with with poor sure. Lane, I got to be <laughs> careful with that. So you know that's why he's joining us at six o'clock today for our weekly pick segment, and I'm looking forward to that. So. Um, I'm not 100% sure who's picking against him. I've, there's two different people, okay? I have, a, I have someone we lined up a few weeks ago and a backup choice. So, but I don't want to mention their names and, and tell you, uh, you know, what happens because, hey, if, if the first person can't make it and then our backup is able to step up, um, you know, I don't want people to know all that kind of stuff. So just know we've, we've got people ready to go lined up for Lane today at uh, 6 o'clock. We've got Jay Jaffe at 420. We've got Lee Sterling at 5. Um, anybody else in mind? Or are we uh, just good to go until No, Jay Jaffe. Uh, we got Lee Sterling, Jeff Erickson. Oh, Jeff, that's right. Jeff Erickson yeah. at 520. Yeah. we got a big show. Big show. That's exactly right. A lot of uh, fantasy implications that we heard today. Kadarius Tony getting traded from the, uh, the New York Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Jamar Chase. Possibly going on the IR. This is like a, a fantasy nightmare for a lot of owners out there. Oh, my God. It's bad. It's really, really bad. The Jamar Chase story kind of came out of left field. Yeah, it did. I know he held his, like, it looked like his hamstring after the uh, Atlanta Falcons, after he r- ran a route in that game, uh, which, by the way, he had a standout performance. But mm. then it looks like it's it's now a serious hip injury, and it's causing him to miss up to six weeks. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's that's, that's Now you, you say this, Tyler Boyd is going to be his time to step up. So that's what's going to happen. You get uh, no Jamar Chase for four to six. That's the Tyler Boyd show. We'll see how that goes. Um, because he'll become the number one wideout now in uh, Chase's absence. So, yeah, we'll talk about that with Jeff coming up at 520, and then at 6 o'clock, uh, Lane Frank will pick games with us uh, here for our weekly segment, and looking forward to that. World Series Game 1 starts tomorrow. Excited about that as well, though we will be airing football uh, Friday night. Uh, saw Bob Stoll a few minutes ago. Bob was at Utah basketball practice which uh, started um, a little while ago out at uh, Foster Stevens. So it was great to see him. He's in town with Kim, his wife. Mike Price is in town with Joyce. They're all in town. It's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's um, homecoming this Saturday. And it was great to see Bob. Bob asked me what station I'm on. I 
looked at him. I thought he was. I thought he was kidding. And I'm like, uh, 600, Bob, the same station I, I've been on since uh, I've been working in radio and the same station that had you on at least 50 to 100 times over the 20 years we were together. But it's okay. I mean, look, he's been gone now, what, three years? So I'm sure knowing what dial position we're on is not exactly tops uh, for his priority list at this point. Well, I'm interested that he was, you know, at, bra- at basketball practice today and just kind of making the rounds for homecoming week. But, uh, yeah, I, I was a little surprised when you told me that off air. I was like, "All right, come on, man. We've we've talked to you even when I first got here. We talked to Bob Stoll hey, pretty often." I'm just happy he remembered me. All right, let's put it that way. I'm happy when he saw me. He uh, immediately, uh, you know, w- went over to say hi and 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 knew who I was. That that that's always a good sign. Okay, so he just didn't he didn't like look uh, and stare you down and then kind of like glossy eyed and and said, "Oh, who's that?" and then not say hi. No. Good. No, good. Okay. No. Cool. But um, he flew in last night because I even told him, I said, man, you would have been great at the roast. I would have loved to have had you. And I said, and Tim Floyd as a duet. And then he started laughing. So that was great. That joke. was my that was my icebreaker for Bob today when I saw him for the first time in a while. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we got a good show today. A lot in store for you as we get going. Let's begin with Victor. Who joins us? 11 past the hour. Victor, I know why you're calling. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't we don't have an answer for you yet. Oh, it's okay, my friend. Uh, I um, texted uh, Mario, and he, he, he about said the same thing last night. So. Well, there you go. So, did you hang on one yeah. second? This is hilarious. If Mario Mocha, who you have his cell number, okay, you have his cell number. You texted him. He told you he doesn't know. You called us to see if we might know something that the AD but, doesn't know but, since he's the no, one no, making but, the but, deal. But no, no, but this was last night, though. Oh, come on. Do you so really? Things have a funny way of, of turning in a very short time, my friend. You know, I like that we're your first source, Victor. Yeah, I, 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 he, we're, we're better than Mario. I mean, let's be honest. He calls. He gets he's some texts from Mario, though. but you know, he, he, do me a favor. He, call. He, he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I got news. We'll do a favor really for you. We'll do a favor for you. Do you want me to call Mario right now and, and try to conference him on his cell phone and see if we can get an answer for you? Hang on. Oh, that'd be wonderful. All right, let me see if I can do this. Hang on a second. Let me hit conference. Let me see here. Hang on. All right. Keeps bugging us every hang five on. minutes. Hey, hang on, hang on. Let me find his cell number right now and let me dial it for you and see if we can get Mario on. All right, hang on. Here we go. All right. Let's see if I can do this. All right. Let me make sure I don't screw up a dial number. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Almost there. Takes a while. All right. Let's he's see. a really good guy. He's he's, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, he's Mario's, awesome. Mario's the best. Hang on. Let's see if Mario. <laughs> let's see if Mario picks up the phone right now. Since you really want an answer, and I, I don't have it, let me see if Mario knows. We'll see. Maybe he'll know if we're calling him. Hang on. This will be fun. And he has no idea we're calling, by the way. So he's probably not even going to pick up the phone. This is Mario. Hey, it's Steve uh, Kaplowitz. You're live on 600 ESPN El Paso Sports Talk. I'm not really. Yeah, you want to know why? Because Victor just called me, and uh, he's on the phones right now. And Victor said, um, are we playing a game? I said, I don't know. And um, he told me that he texted you last night. And that you responded that there's still no game, 
And I told Victor, who's on the phone, I said, Victor, I don't know if the Aggies are playing. Well, let's, let's call Mario and find out if anything's changed since his text to you last night. So we're calling well, you live on yeah, the air to I'm see if you've... I'm the most accessible AD in the country of Victor's texting me at night, and I'm responding. I'll go on, I'll go on record for that. Oh, 100%. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh... I couldn't believe that. So, so, all right, so now you're live on the air with Victor. Um, is there an update towards your uh, game that you're trying to get scheduled? You might as well tell everybody what's going on right now, Mario. Cap, the, the only update is there's one more team that could play on November the 5th uh, that we are waiting for. Does it work out? Then we will be looking for an opponent on December the 3rd. Is it possible that on December 3rd, so you don't want to have one of these wait-and-see games against San Jose because if they go to the Mountain West Championship, you're obviously not playing them. So you want to make sure that you've got a game, whether it's November 5th or December uh, 7th, no matter, no matter what. December 3rd. December yeah. 3rd, right. 100%, right, right. and that's going to be a football decision. Okay. And, you know, we'll, we've heard from Coach Kill, you know, he would certainly prefer, um, well, I think if he had his choice, he would certainly like to hit the road recruiting mm-hmm. after um, uh, the Liberty game, if we're not bowl eligible. Uh, but, you know, since we lost a game, yeah, we need a guarantee. We can't be playing a, a what-if game. And then, you know, I think the odds makers would say San Jose looks like did play. But, you know, we were already uh, – it already hurt our scheduling by not playing that game. We couldn't risk taking another shot. Sure. Um, you know, and not playing that. I don't think any reasonable person would expect that. But there's a few teams out there that could play us. We've got them on the list. Okay. But we haven't really called because we've focused all our energies on getting an opponent on November the 5th, which is our preferred date. And that would be uh, FCS opponents, correct? That would be correct. We, we started with two FBS opponents. Yes. Then we worked our way down to the two FBS transitioning or FCS transitioning, and then we had 11 FCS schools, and now we're down to one. Okay. So uh, it's good that I know that athletic director, but, you know, we just kind of need a decision, and once that's made, and I anticipate that could be today, it could be tomorrow, then we'll focus on uh, December the 3rd. Uh, Victor, you satisfied with that answer? Uh, I sure am, and uh, Mario is, is awesome. He's a wonderful guy, wonderful AD blessing to have him around at NMSU. He really is. Uh, he's the only guy that I know that would ever like allow me to just call him out of the blue at you know at like four fifteen in the afternoon to try to get an update on a story that we don't have yet. So I'll say that about Mario. Yeah, he also let us sample every single food and beverage product that he had, which was a lot of fun too. So I've been with oh, you on that boy. one, Victor. He's 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 one of a kind. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he he, he sure is, and. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best AD in America. There you go. Bar, what an bar, endorsement. Bar none. Well, Cap, you're, you're calling me. I'm at the Aggie Open. That's our fall golf tournament. I'm golfing with three guys from the Bank of Albuquerque. They wanted to know if it was okay if I golf with guys from Albuquerque. Uh, and I said, yeah, it was okay. And you know what? They're all pretty damn good. So here's a newsflash. If you're an AD partner up with uh, some bankers because they can hit the ball, I and I can't. That. I love that. All right. Well, you get back to golfing. Thanks for taking the call. We'll talk soon again, Mario. Thank and you, Mario. Victor, good job. Appreciate you guys both. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right, good afternoon. See. Later, Mario.
there it is, Victor and Mario. How about that, folks? How about that as we get going here on the program? What a start! 17 pass. Let's get to Jay Jaffe right after Charlie won. He's back with our first traffic update of the afternoon. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Hey, by the way, um, I, I think Chad Middleton summed it up best. He said, and Victor will still call you tomorrow and ask you if there's any news. He will. He will. He trusts us, Chad. You should remember he used to call when you were working with me. You better believe it. You know, where is go to? It's Sorry. us and Mario Mocha. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, that was awesome. All right, uh, let's keep the fun going right now with Jay Jaffe as the World Series is right around the corner. Starts up tomorrow night between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. And Jay is back with us for our weekly chat from Fangraphs.com. And, uh, Jay, welcome back. And um, if we had to predict at the start of the playoffs that it would be the Astros and Phillies, probably a lot of us would have gotten half of that right, uh, correct, and, and, and missed on the other half. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Astros had to be the heavy favorite in the, uh, in the American League. They were the number one seed. Uh, they got a pitching staff that's pretty much without weakness right now. Um, you know, they, and they've, they've gone undefeated. I mean, uh, uh, they played some close games along the way, but, um, you know, there's, they've, they've just, uh, they just don't really have any big holes in that team. And, and, uh, uh, they've played very well so far this October. So yeah, no surprise there. No, I'm with you on that one. Um, the Astros just, although I will say this, I didn't expect a sweep of the Yankees. You know, I thought the Astros would win the series, but I thought the Yankees would at least get a couple games off of them in the process. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees played well enough to that they probably should have won at least one or two games there, but uh, the breaks didn't go their way, and uh, Aaron Boone got outmanaged by Dusty Baker, and... Um, you know the, uh, the banged up squad just really needed needed a lot of things to go right, and and they didn't here. But it was closer than than the uh, four to nothing uh, tally in games uh, made it look. Before I get to some of the stories you've been writing about on Fangraphs, when we talked last week, the minute we hung up our phones, we we uh, something crazy happened. Bruce Bochy was hired as the Rangers manager. I know you didn't write about it on the website, but what was your reaction when you heard that uh, Bochy was resurfacing out there in uh, Arlington? Um, a little surprised, to say the least. Uh, I didn't expect that he was going to be uh, a strong contender for the role. At uh, the same time, it makes sense. I know that, that Chris Young, uh, who's in charge in Texas now, played for him, and the two bonded. And, uh, um, you know, if Bochy came back, it was going to have to be uh, a situation where he felt a certain amount of comfort. And I guess uh, it sounds like they checked those boxes there. So it's an interesting move. I mean, it's not like he's been gone that long. Um, you know, this isn't a Tony La Russa situation. He last managed in 2019. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Speaking of interesting, I was not expecting David Stearns to step down today as the Milwaukee Brewers president of baseball ops. And uh, it's kind of rare when somebody in a position like that says they need a break and, are, and just want to get away from the game for a while. Yeah, I was, I was a little surprised to hear that, too. I mean, Stearns has done great work uh, making the Brewers into a perennial contender. They didn't make it to the playoffs this year. Uh, fell just a little bit short. Um, but uh, they have, you know, he has helped raise the bar in Milwaukee to the point that they expect 
um, you know, to be at least in the hunt. And I think that's a major accomplishment. Um, he's, his name has come up uh, in connection to the Mets before. Uh, some people believe that this is kind of a prelude to an eventual exit uh, when his contract is up that he would go to the Mets. But um, I'm not so sure now, you know, based on what he's saying, that uh, uh, that's exactly what he wants to do right now. He may want to take a step back. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and he's still a uh, one of the very, uh, you know, just a young guy in the front office. I mean, let's be honest. We're not talking about somebody that's near retirement age. We're talking about somebody that could be doing this for a long time to come. Yeah, the job will eat you alive, though. I mean, you know, it's, it is an all-consuming job. Uh, a lot of pressure comes with it, uh, a lot of scrutiny, and uh, not a lot of time for family and, and, and other pursuits uh, outside, outside the ballpark. So um, I can understand if somebody, you know, believes that, they, that they're missing out on, on important parts of life and wants to, uh, um, you know, wants to go that route and, and uh, make sure that they, you know, get that family time and all that. I'm with you. He's only 37, Jay. It's pretty remarkable to see what he's done at such a young age. And, you know, speaking of that, I, I want to segue into a story that you wrote about, which is contemplating a Yankee shakeup in the wake of the uh, Astros sweep. You wrote about this a couple of days ago. You know, uh, Brian Cashman started very young with the Yankees and had a ton of success, so much so that, you know, he has been a staple in the Bronx and has seen now um, not just a dynasty, but he's trying to get it done again, uh, although this time around they, they lose out to the Astros. And some fans believe that maybe the shakeup should include Cashman as well. Yeah, you know, I think that's just anger for the sake of, of, of being angry at something and finding a target. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, there, Cashman made a few mistakes with this year's roster. Uh, I think, though, that overlooks all the, you know, all the good he did in building it, the, the, uh, uh, the low-cost fines, the, the um, I mean, Jose Trevino becoming an all-star catcher, for example, and one of the most valuable catchers in, in all of baseball was something that nobody gives him credit for. Uh, acquiring Clay Holmes and Nestor Cortez over the last couple of years and watching them blossom into all-stars. Um, you know, Matt Carpenter, uh, getting signing Matt Carpenter to a minor league deal and watching him become a force. Um, there's just, uh, you know, and, and, and he's overseen uh, the drafting of Aaron Judge and, and the development of uh, Luis Severino. I mean, he's been there long enough that, uh, you know, the entire organization bears his prints. And, I mean, you know, for 99 wins to be regarded as in a, 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 a division series victory to be regarded as a failure, it takes a certain sense of entitlement, um, you know, from Yankee fans to say that that's not good enough. And, and uh, um, you know, one look at the way that the roster was uh, uh, shaken up at the end of the year with so many injuries, the loss of D.J. LeMahieu, Andrew Benettini, some of the other relievers, um, you know, this was not a team that went in at full strength, and I think that was part of the problem for yep. you know for for this series. So I, I, you know, I think people want to be angry for the sake of being angry, but um, you know, and, and maybe blame Cashman for some of the things that uh, uh, really belong to Hank Steinbrenner. I mean, Hal Steinbrenner for not spending the money to say sign Carlos Correa, or um, you know, with, with with regards to Aaron Boone and uh, his managing style. But uh, you know, when I can understand when you're swept, you want to point fingers, and that's what Yankees fans are doing. Uh, true enough, but uh, let's just assume Cashman and Boone both come back because a day ago that was the story right now. That roster is probably going to look a lot different, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, first they have to figure out whether they can whether they could, they want to sign Aaron Boone for what's probably going to be a contract in the neighborhood of three hundred million dollars. Um, Aaron Judge. They have what's that? I'm sorry, sorry, Aaron Judge. Yes. Um, uh, and then they're they're going to have uh, a, a, probably a decision to make on Anthony Rizzo if he opts out uh, of the second year of his deal. Um, They've got some holes to fill elsewhere. They've got to figure out the left side of the infield again, I think. I don't think you can go into the year, another year with Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as the, as the starters there. That just didn't work out by the end, and, and Boone was playing musical shortstops. You've got to rebuild the bullpen after so many injuries. Um, so he's going to, you know, they're, they're going to have their work cut out for them. And, and, and if Judge leaves, it might, out, might open the door, it should open the door, uh, to them signing one of the premium middle infielders um, such as Korea or Trey Turner because you know I think there's an argument to be made that that money would be better spent that way um, because of um, you know what how much the infield needs them but at the same time they're not they don't have the the uh, the longtime Yankees connection and it would be maybe harder to accept. Uh, for the public, that those guys are the stars now. More with Jay as we keep things moving. We'll get his thoughts on the series, which begins tomorrow night. But first, let's go right now to Adrian in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you very much. Um, we're back with Jay Jaffe right now. We're talking baseball and beer here on the show, the World Series edition, which gets underway tomorrow night um, with Game One. So it's going to be uh, Nola and Verlander in Game One. Wheeler, and we don't know yet who the Astros will pitch in Game 2. Uh, I think that's also going to be an interesting one to see if they go with Framber or somebody else. But, uh, I mean, when you stack these two teams up side-by-side, Jay, you think it's going to be a much closer series than some people think? You know, I, I still think that it's – I mean, this is this could be all Houston. I mean, I, I they're just so much better than the, than the Phillies on paper. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to take away from what the Phillies have done, but uh, they haven't played an opponent as good as, 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 good as the Astros. And, uh, um, you know, I, at some point the magic could, could very well run out. I mean, you know, the starting, I think the starting pitching, uh, obviously uh, Aaron Noah is a very good starting pitcher, but we haven't seen uh, the dominance for him that we've seen from the Astros pitchers. I mean, like any one of those four Astros starters can shut you down. Um, and that bullpen has just been lights out so far in in October. Uh, um, so uh, it, it's it's tough to envision this going Philadelphia's way um, unless they get some some really remarkable performances. I'm with you on that one, uh, and it's crazy too because if they don't come back for that ninth inning comeback against St. Louis, who knows if they even win that series and get through? Yeah, it's true. Well, and that's also, you know, we talked about it earlier, the three-game wild card, you never know. And in the five-game divisional series, it's interesting how things lined up for, uh, for really Philadelphia and how the stars have aligned. Um, I don't know about you and your personal feelings when it comes to Dusty Baker. I just want to see Dusty get a World Series after all these years of trying. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think that Dusty is uh, certainly, um, you know, him winning would be one of the great stories for this series. I'd love to see him capstone his career uh, with a victory. That's, to me, about the only silver lining I can find with a Houston, with a Houston victory. Um, you know, I, I, they're an intriguing team, uh, but uh, uh, I'm pretty tired of them, to be honest with you. They're, they've been in the ALCS six straight years. Um, 
obviously uh, the the sign stealing scandal continues to cast a long shadow. I don't know if I'll ever feel the same way about some of the players that were involved there, even if the, even if they were only peripherally involved. They knew about it. They benefited. They didn't say anything at the time. So, um, I, you know, I'm ready to see somebody else in, in that American League slot. All right, but as far as the National League goes, you're definitely going to be rooting for the Phillies in this series. You know, I don't. I can't say that I'm actually rooting for anybody here I, because, because I'm not. I'm just I'm here to analyze it, and I don't have a strong feeling for the Phillies. I love watching Bryce Harper uh, live up to the hype. That, to me, is, 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 I think, one of the things that I hope uh, happens here. But... Um, I, I don't get I, I don't get too wound up in actually rooting for anybody here. Uh, Bryce has been terrific. Schwarber's hit some bombs. Uh, the Phils just have found ways to, to win uh, against really good teams. That's been the storyline so yeah. far. And I'm timely yep. hitting, and, and they've been entertaining as heck. Absolutely right. All right. So as you get ready to watch Game One and Two uh, this weekend, uh, what are you going to be drinking? Okay. Well, this is one uh, I've had before, but it's got uh, it's got a new look to it here. This is the other half Green City. Uh, and they just uh, designed some and started uh, using some new labels. And that's because um, where the old cans uh, had the New York City skyline on them, they're going for a, a, a less New York-centric label because the beer is getting distributed uh, in, in places outside New York, and, and they wanted to make it a little bit uh, uh, maybe less uh, New York-specific. But this is a great IPA, uh, double dry-hopped, hazy, uh, with Simcoe, Citra, and Centennial, it's very fruity, very creamy. Um, I'm now finding it at Trader Joe's here. I'm finding it at my local grocery store too, and uh, uh, I'm just I'm I'm thrilled that it's uh, uh, getting wider distribution because this is one of the classics. Now I'm looking at the can. Is the old can um, the black with the green outline of the city, or is that the new yeah, look in the yeah, can? Yeah, that's 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 the old look. I, I tweeted the new look last night okay. uh, to my uh, uh, my my California centric uh, beer thread uh, that uh, Eno Eno Saris put me on a, a, several months ago. It's uh, um, if you go to my Twitter account, you can see it. I'll look forward to seeing that and and go from there. That'll be good. By the way, nine hours ago, you tweeted out that photo of uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, so thank you for that too, Jay. You've given us some, <laughs> you've given us some classics more than anything else. Oh, I like the new can design. I think that's actually much more. Uh, you know, that that's a cool looking can. They've done a good job on the design for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, they they do nice products in general, but I thought that was that was really neat. Right on. All right. Well, listen, enjoy the series. Thanks for the time. And uh, if all goes well, we'll look forward to having you back on with us uh, next Wednesday on the show. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Steve. Jay Jaffe, thank you from Fangraphs.com. Follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. 38 past. More in a moment after KVIA News. It's next. 600 ESPN El Paso. 47 past the hour. We continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. Get you right on in and through to the program. 505-6009 here on the show. You know, Marilyn had a home here in El Paso that she had uh, power of attorney over, and she needed expert help to get through all of the documentation to get the home sold on the northeast side of town. So here's what happened. She contacted Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by EXP Realty. You know, Marilyn probably heard us talk about him. I wouldn't be surprised. Brian listed that property for $175,000, had it sold in under a week. 
getting all the paperwork expedited to close on the sale. Man, Maryland was glad to have this done so quickly, thanks to Brian Birds. You know, to achieve top dollar, you need that agent who can create an auction-like effect. Buyers compete for your home and drive up the price. Exactly what Brian Birds will do for you. Now, so many good advantages with Brian. I love his Coming Soon Homes program. That's because homes listed with Brian are sold within minutes because his buyers get a free head start. Did you know Brian Birds is also the official real estate agent of UTEP Athletics, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos? He's the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. I trust Brian. You should, too. Google him today. And that's Birds, B-U-R-D-S. Start packing. All right, 48 past as we keep things moving here on Sports Talk. UTEP Zay is now in the house. Good to see Zay that he was here yesterday with you and Jason and back again for more fun and excitement today. You know, Adrian, I absolutely love the move by UTEP men's basketball uh, naming their multi-team event after Jim Forbes. I think that is classy. It is long overdue. And uh, very happy that they're calling uh, this uh, the Jim Forbes Classic. And also want to thank Speaking Rock Entertainment Center for stepping up and uh, sponsoring this. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, uh, Jim Forbes, just uh, a legend here in, in El Paso. He's somebody who not only starred for UTEP and, and is one of the best rebounders in, in team history, but he also put together, and, and of course this is headlining everything, but he put together uh, a, a career of almost uh, four-plus decades of just excellence in coaching high school basketball between Riverside High School and also Andrews High School. He just did so much to impact the lives of a lot of El Pasoans and uh I love the fact that they're doing this. Joe Golding, head coach for UTEP, he's a big fan of Jim Forbes, and he always talked about him in a, in a very uh, admiring way. So this is such a great way to honor what a legend like Jim Forbes. Now, the question's going to be this, because it's the Jim Forbes Classic presented by Speaking Rock. I wonder if UTEP could put together potentially a second tournament around Thanksgiving every year to bring in teams like uh, the um, you know the the West Star Don Haskins Sumble Invitation and keep Jim's name alive with this event. I think that would make a lot of sense, and doing it um, in in this time frame makes a lot of sense as well. You do it the week of Thanksgiving, you pack in a cut, you know, four uh, three games in four days. That's that's a solid move right there by UTEP, and they've got some interesting opponents in there as well with CSU Bakersfield, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who by the way NCAA tournament team last year, and Alcorn State. So, uh, you know, a trio of teams who are coming to town during Thanksgiving week. The thing is, I don't know if you're allowed to have your own multi-team event every year. You might only be able to do that once every three, four years. So that's the only thing. I'm not sure how that would work for UTEP. Yeah, I'm not sure either, and I I would just say that, uh, hey, this is one of those cool things that they have. I hope they can keep this a a yearly thing if they're able to. I'm with you on that one completely, Um, but it's a good story. you got to check it out, folks, at 600ESPNElPaso.com because Adrian's got the write-up, and and again, I, I think this is a solid, solid move for UTEP. Speaking of UTEP, as we talked about here on the show a couple of days ago, UTEP has... Um, a few uh, deals going right now for the game on Saturday. Very important to mention. They've got the 
Um, four for 48 uh, family pack that's uh, in store for those people that want to go out and watch the game on uh, on Saturday night, uh, homecoming against Middle Tennessee and not spend a fortune. And also, UTEP has the trick-or-treating going on. When the gates open at 5.30 all the way through the second quarter where UTEP athletes are going to be handing out candy to all the kids Saturday and then they're going to do a costume contest and somebody could win a Dave & Buster's gift card. Adrian, I like these two promos a lot. I just I wish there was a way to get the word out more. There's only so much we can do uh, with our audience. But really, you know, if you're looking to go to a UTEP football game and price has been an issue, this is the weekend to do it. Yeah, and not only are you getting admission for uh, $48 for four people, but you're also getting fed. So you are getting you're fed. You're getting fed and a, a drink to go along with that. So I think it's a really solid deal. You see this from the El Paso Chihuahuas. They do something like this at a, a lot of different times. And UTEP, um, you know, making the right move, making this affordable for a lot of fans. And I, I think this is a, a, a thing that a lot of people will latch on to if they, if they kind of plan it for this weekend. Four hot dogs, four drinks, and a large popcorn for 48 bucks. Pretty good deal, and four tickets to be included with that. Yeah, great deal right there. I feel like also, you know, if there have been people who have been skeptical between the North Texas game and now, this is the time to go, right? Because UTEP is, has proven that they've beaten quality opponents on their schedule, Boise State, Florida Atlantic, and now they have a chance to try to, you know, uh, boost, their, boost their resume a little bit more with a team like Middle Tennessee coming into town. They have two home games left. After tonight, it's or Saturday, it's, it's FIU and the season's over. So that's another thing to think about is you just only have two more times to watch this UTEP football team play this year. Yeah, and that's an afternoon game. So it's going to be tough for a lot of fans to go out there for that one. So this is the one to go to, a 7 o'clock kickoff, uh, tailgate all day, get ready for uh, Halloween activities at night. This is the one to go to. Zay, you're going to be uh, going trick-or-treating at UTEP on Saturday night. What are you doing? Heck yeah, heck yeah I am. i got to take advantage of the free candy. That's good. What are you going to dress up as? Who are you going to dress up as for Don this Don Haskins. You told me about that. You said that yeah. Don Haskins outfit. That's good. Yeah, I'm ready. Did you get the clip-on tie since we spoke last? It's it's. I ordered it on Amazon. So Out up, baby. It, That's good. It's coming together. Everything's good, coming together. Good. I'm proud of you. I am proud of you. Good for you, Zay. That's the way to do it, man. Uh, also, I can't believe yesterday Magic Johnson was in town. That is a... That is one of those shockers. You're like, Magic was in town and spoke to a bunch of, of uh, high school students at Andrus. What a deal that is. I'm so happy for all those high school kids, the coaches, anybody who got a chance, 400 kids who got a chance to see Magic Johnson speak at Andrus High School yesterday. What an awesome. And then some actually like went home with like Magic Johnson signed jerseys. I mean, that's amazing. I was like, name me three games. Please, name me three games. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, maybe, their parents, maybe their parents talked to him about that, right? Yeah, Jason was uh, – we, we broke the news to him here on the radio yesterday, and he was having a fit. Uh, unfortunately, UTEP say did not get the invite. Oh, man. You should have crashed it. You should have crashed it. I know. So, I should have. I should have just gone. Exactly. Uh, I can't believe you didn't. It's all right, though. Hey, 5 o'clock hour, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's coming up next with his weekly segment, Picking Games, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. As we begin hour number two here on Sports Talk – Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Good to have you back. 600 ESPN El Paso. Trying to uh, connect with uh, Lee Sterling 
from ParamountSports.com. Adrian, we're going to have to call him. I'm going to send you his number right now, and hopefully we'll iron out our Zoom issues uh, starting next week, which I will uh, I will work on. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll get Lee on the phone today and then uh, work on getting Lee back on Zoom starting uh, next week. And uh, my apologies, folks. I know a lot of you look forward to uh the uh, Lee Sterling experience, especially on YouTube after the segment is over, when we can uh, take that uh, video and play it for you. But unfortunately, today we're going to have to go back to the phones and uh, go to backup plan B. And then we'll look to get Lee back on Zoom with us uh, again next week. So that's at least the plan for now. Uh, and then we'll get his thoughts on uh, his selections and everything that Lee has cooking for us from ParamountSports.com. We've got UTEP Zay and our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Auto Cha- um, um, Oil Changer Studios, along with Adrian Broadus. And again, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you back here as uh, we continue with more of the program. Um, in just a little bit, we will go ahead and uh, give you an opportunity to uh, get into the program via the phones, 505-6009, which is our telephone number to get into the program. Good. Now let me say hello to Mr. Sterling, who is back with us from ParamountSports.com. Coming off a huge 4-in-1 week last week. Congratulations. You were on fire, and I'm not surprised. You've been on fire all year, and why should our uh, on-air picks be any different than what we've seen so far? fun when we're winning for you know the radio shows and also for the clients it's quiet uh when that happens no one's calling and complaining so i like it that way i like it too i I love that and i know you're hot i could see that uh, you are on fire nine of eleven winning football weeks um we'll talk at the end of the segment about what you have coming up on sunday i can't believe it's the game of the year in the nfl that is such a big big deal so we'll get to that uh in a little bit but in the meantime we've got um two uh, nfl games and uh three college games to get to this week any big surprises in uh, college football last week (sighs) i think back um I think the Kansas State game, I mean, it looked like TCU was going down. And yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen a team lose their top two quarterbacks in a game. And if that doesn't happen, I think, you know, they win that game. So give TCU credit. Uh, played well in the second half, but Kansas State had their number. So uh, TCU is leading a really charmed life. So we're going to, we're going to, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, they go to Morgantown. Uh, where they've actually lost four straight. So we're going to find out how good they are on Saturday. Did you think Syracuse was going to uh, beat Clemson uh, going after that game was uh, after three quarters? What was it, 21-10? to 10? It looked like Syracuse was on the verge of a big upset. I did. I, I thought that they could take it. Um, just didn't have enough. You know, there's always, when you're up by like a touchdown going to the final quarter, you got to make a play. And, and there were six or seven different plays that, you know, could have changed the game just, they didn't come up with any of them. So uh, 
They're an improved team, though. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play them. Uh, there's a ton. There were a ton of bye weeks last week. You know, also there was a lot of buys around college football last week, and even this yeah. week for that matter. But let's talk about some of the games uh, that we've got to profile. Number nineteen, Kentucky visits number three, Tennessee. The Vols are undefeated. They're seven and zero, three and zero in the SEC. Kentucky is five and two, two and two in the SEC as well. It's going to be in Knoxville, yeah. um, and as you would expect. Uh, Tennessee, 12-point favorites. We've talked about them before. You know how much I also love Hendon Hooker, their uh, quarterback. What a year he's having, Lee. 18 touchdowns to just one interception. What a ratio. Incredible. And and I think this is going to be a game between, I think, the two top draft choice available quarterbacks. So that makes it even more fun. I, I think that... Hendon Hooker's a better college quarterback. Believe it or not, I think Will Levis might end up being the better NFL quarterback, more mm-hmm. of a pocket guy. But uh, key to this game is probably turnovers. Kentucky has lost 12 of them this year, ranked 95th in the country. they got to cut down. They, they commit two or more turnovers. They're done in this game. But they do hold the ball, and they're number two in the SEC in time of possession, almost 34 minutes per game. And four of those games, who without their star running back, Chris Rodriguez, in the game last year, Kentucky held the ball, get this, for over 46 of the 60 minutes. Tennessee somehow won the game. We know how they can strike quick. If you watch the Alabama game, they won 45-42. But I think Kentucky has a decent enough defense to slow the balls down here. And I don't think Tennessee's defense is championship level yet. So pressure now um, is going to be on Tennessee. They're going to be wearing that target. I think this game goes down to the wire. Tennessee wins 38-35, but Kentucky covers. All right, game number two, the undefeated uh, TCU Horned Frogs, 7-0, 4-0 in the Big 12. They're ranked seventh in the country. Uh, they're visiting uh, West Virginia this weekend, and that game will be in Morgantown. Uh, West Virginia just 3-4 and four overall, 1-3 and three in the Big 12. There hasn't been a lot going right for West Virginia, probably why they're eight-point dogs. I've also seen it at seven and a half going into this one. Uh, you tell me, is the wrong team favored here, Lee? West Virginia is a team that's like the perennial six and 16. They're always right. They're five and seven at the worst, seven and five at the best, and they're always fighting to make a bowl. This is an important game for their head coach. He's, he needs to win this game here or at least show really well. Uh, they didn't show up last week, and, and they do that a lot when they went to Lubbock. So um, they have owned TCU, and like I mentioned, top of the segment, uh, TCU got lucky. I thought the Kansas State not only lost their top two quarterbacks, they lost their best player, their middle linebacker, who is pretty much in on almost every play. So – I think TCU's really good, but they're running through the gauntlet now. This is going to be a really tough test for them. And let's get Donaldson. They draft him as a receiver. Really good running back, like 6'5", and goes like 220, 225, 230. I mean, he is, he's finally back and healthy. I'm going to call for the upset. I think West Virginia's going to control the ball in the clock, and I think their defense is going to play sky high at home. TCU's going to have a tough time playing in Morgantown. I like I like West Virginia to pull the upset, 
Lee, our final college game will be the game here in El Paso. UTEP hosting Middle yep. Tennessee. That's Saturday night out at the Sun Bowl. Miners coming off their win over Florida Atlantic are now even at 4-4, four and 2-2 four, two and two in Conference USA. Middle Tennessee has yep. had a very tough schedule. They're 3-4, 0-3 and four, yep. oh and three in the league. They did have that big win early on at Miami, but uh, not a lot has gone right for them since. I've seen it at 1, 1.5. One uh, you tell yeah. me, Miners are favored in this one. How do you see it going? Middle Tennessee is a crazy team. You know, and I watched that game here in Miami, and they need to hit on big plays, and they just don't have the running game right now. But they're one of these teams. When you count them out, they play their best ball. I mean, their quarterback, um, you know, he, he's able, Chase Cunningham, to hit on the long ball. Ten touchdowns this year. And, I mean, some have been long. He's hit on an 89-yarder. Uh, uh, 98-yarder and a 69-yard. So you got to protect against the long ball with them. They just don't have much running game. And like I said, when you count them out, um, they probably play their best ball. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee. Believe it or not, I think they pulled the the small upset here. I think they win the game and cover 31-26. That takes us to the NFL. Let's go to the Sunday night game. That'll be the first of two we talk about. Packers uh, visiting the Bills. Things have gone wrong for Green Bay over the last three weeks. Lost to the Giants, Jets, and Washington last week. So they're three and four on the year. One and two on the road. The Bills have been good. 5-1, 5-1, and one, including 2-0 and oh at home. No reason why Buffalo shouldn't uh, be big favorites in this one, and they are, minus 11. I've seen it at 11-and-a-half. Uh, Lee, yeah. the Green Bay Packers are soul-searching right now on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> this will be a tough opponent to try to figure it out. It will be. And Green Bay, though, I mean, what we've seen from them is they just have not played up to their potential. You know, I'm, I'm grading out, and I'm looking at the grades on their players. Over 80% of their players from last year to this year are grading out worse. And no injuries that I can see, just not playing well. So I think their backs are against the wall. They, they need to get some yardage on first down. They need to get four, five, six yards. And if they do, they have a chance. If, if they get stuffed and they're in second long and third and long, that's where the Buffalo front seven will come after you and make you pay. Von Miller has been tremendous. Uh, they go deep. they got like six, seven guys that can rush the passer. So I, I just think, hey, I wouldn't want to play for Aaron Rodgers, but I think this is a game where um, he, he's going to use his experience here. I, I think that Buffalo escapes 24-23, but Green Bay covers. Should be a great game. All right. Final game is Bears-Cowboys from Arlington. Uh, Chicago coming off that very impressive Monday night performance uh, at New England. A dominant performance. They're 3-4, and 1-3 and three on the road. The Cowboys uh, handled uh, the Lions more in the second half, and that one, they now improved to 5-2, and 3-1 and one at home. Cowboys are 9.5-point favorites, Lee, with the Dak back leading the offense. Anyone saw that game and told me, they they had they thought Cleveland's that Chicago was going to win the game wire to wire. I think they're lying to you. So I mean I don't know where that performance came, but it was masterful. I, I just don't think that they can replicate it. They're going to face a Dallas defense that is really good here, um, and and the weakness for Chicago is their their offensive line giving up a sack every fifth passing attempt. So uh, you know Justin. 
was 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 getting the ball out of out of, out of his out of his hands quickly, and that's important. The other night, it just had a great game plan. They executed it here, but um, Cowboys have only given up more than a touchdown uh, once in the last couple weeks, and they ranked third in takeaways with 13. Bills are also uh, Bears are I'm sorry playing off the short week here, and I think Dak will will dust off that that rust in Chicago six and 17 against the spread the last 23 times facing an NFC opponent. I like Dallas by two touchdowns, 31-17. Let's talk about what you've got going on right now at ParamountSports.com. Not only all the video previews uh, you've got up, but uh, you've been hot. I said it earlier, 9 of 11 winning football weeks. You were 4-1 with us last week. Uh, you've got our game of the week for our listeners that you're just giving them, which is a terrific Big yep. 12 matchup on Saturday, not to mention game of the year materially this weekend. <laughs> so if they want to get Kansas State and Oklahoma State, uh, just call right now, toll-free, 800-400-9741. We'll give them that game for free. 800-400-9741. You want to get the Kansas State-Oklahoma State game on me. And I had a great run. I mean, <laughs> we've won every single weekend in the NFL so far. And I was hoping a game uh, in the matchup and, you know, the line would come a certain way, and it did. So, we're not even going to release it as a 40 or 45-unit play, and we've hit our two biggest plays this year, 45-unit plays. We're going to release a 50-unit game of the year in the NFL. We're 53-18 and 18 on our 40- to 50-unit plays uh, going back the last dozen years. So you want to get involved and get this game two different ways. Uh, first way, we've got the Baker's Dozen, 13 games combined college and pro. Uh, that's just $147. It's an instant download. So when you purchase it, you don't need to call back on Saturday or Sunday for the games. And if you just want to get the NFL games, like I said, we have not had a losing Sunday. Six games, including the game of the year, just $97. Everything's up and available. Love to have you join us. ParamountSports.com. Terrific stuff as always, Lee. Enjoyed the conversation. We'll look forward to doing it again with you next week. Okay, buddy. Take care. Lee Sterling as a Sports Talk rolls along. Fantasy football next. We'll switch it up with uh, Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. And coming up in our 6 o'clock hour, Lane Frank will be back to square off with another listener. Excited about that, just like I'm excited about Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. Twenty-one past the hour as sports talk continues. Always excited when we could talk some fantasy football with this man, Jeff Erickson, Rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for fantasy sports. In fact, when you go to the website, the first thing you see on the front page of the entire website is Jeff's value meter. That is a reminder of who's boss and who owns the company, folks. If I don't know a better <laughs> reason, that is it. And he joins us uh, via Zoom right now as we continue. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Well, I'll be honest. Not as good as I'd like to be because I was the victim in the guillotine league this week. Not happy about that, Jeff. So I was hoping to last a lot longer. And wouldn't you know it, the week I spend the majority of my budget and I load up for the rest of the year, that's the week uh, I end up uh, getting cut. That's just uh, how things work. 
You know, I can't blame you. You told me off air uh, that it was Dalvin Cook that you went out and got. I mean, I do the same. Um, that said, I often think that uh, guillotine leagues are a survive in advance. Uh, I know Romeo Dubs is the guy that lets you down. Uh, I, you know, can you pick up? Are you limited to one pickup per week? No, in this you get league? you get you can take the whole team if you wanted. You have yeah. you have a budget, and then you got to be careful. Now, listen, it's blind bidding. So I've lost out on numerous guys all year. Yeah. I finally yeah. get excited because I load up, get like four players. I think I played like two or three of them, and then I saved Cook because he was off last week, and I end up losing. Mm-hmm. So now my entire team no, was I, just – I can't blame the was, strategy. Yeah, I mean, it just it's, it stinks to lose in a guillotine league. Um, it, you know what? I, I made it to the finals last year in mine, and – you know, it, it's it's a blast, especially when you get those last couple of weeks and the league is, you know, the whole league is there for your picking, basically. It's basically DFS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a fun concept. I, I love the concept, although, like anything else, it can be frustrating. Adrian, did you get any of my scraps this week since the uh, results were just posted today? Did you have Kareem Hunt? Did you have yes. uh, Kirk Cousins? I needed those two players specifically this week. So, yes, I did uh, get some of the scraps. There you go, those Jeff. Those are scraps, too, especially in the case of Hunt. Um, he's on the trade block, guys. He might get traded by the Browns. He's at, you know, he's this is what he's wanted all along. But he had, like, four carries last week. If it weren't for that touchdown, it would have been a totally worthless day for him fantasy-wise. Um, I would not be surprised if he gets moved before the deadline next Tuesday. I'm telling you what, do you think there's going to be a lot of players moved before next Tuesday's deadline? Some big names as well? Honestly, we already have had movement. I mean, CMC was massive. Yep. We saw James Robinson on Monday. We saw Kadarius Tony today. We saw Robert Quinn get dealt. Um, that's more movement than we usually see at the trade deadline. I think we'll see more, too. I, I wonder what the Bengals are going to do. Are they going to go trade for a receiver? Are the Chargers going to go trade for a receiver? Uh, are they going to go get OBJ, maybe sign him? Uh, you know, he, uh, these teams, they need a receiver that t- can take the top off. The Chargers lost Mike Williams for at least four weeks. So, you know, that's going to be pretty bad news, too, for them. And, there are, you know, we don't know what they're going to have at a Keenan Allen the rest of the way, too. Let's talk fantasy fallout from some of the trades. Uh, as far as McCaffrey okay. goes, you love uh, McCaffrey in San Francisco, don't you? Sure, of course. I mean, you always want an elite running back in a Shanahan system. I think this shows that Elijah Mitchell wasn't anywhere close to returning. So... Yeah, he, he he seems to be gone, uh, you know, out of the picture for going forward. And, you know, Jeff Wilson is a perfectly capable backup, but that's what he is. Now he reverts to that. You know, McCaffrey's top five again, basically where he was in Carolina. For Kadarius Tony, speaking of trades, Jeff, uh, is this somebody who can actually play some uh, you know significant time with Kansas City? Or should we be dubious knowing what happened with uh, with the New York Giants? I, you know, I still don't know what happened with the Giants. I think that's really the issue, right? Uh, there is supposedly an injury, but then you see him tweeting today, what injury? You know, he he, he kind of denied the existence of the injury. They're on by this week anyhow, but we'll see. I mean, certainly I think you can cut bait with Sky Moore for the rest of the season. Uh, MVS is coming off his best game, had 111 yards receiving. Juju has been on fire lately. Nicole Hardman scored three, uh, three touchdowns last week. He's going to have, it's going to be a crowded wide receiver room. So I think he'll be involved. But, you know, it's just a, I think it's just an upside play by the Chiefs, and it's an upside play for us to stash on our bench. You can't start them in week nine, though. Do the Giants trade Galladay next, or will nobody take that contract? Uh, they don't have to take the contract. You know, they can work something out. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if a trade of some ilk happens. 
what I'm not quite sure, but uh, anywho, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because he seems fully out of favor with this team. And I'll say this from day one, Dable was like, okay, if I don't think you can play for me, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to force it. I think that was the case with Tony. I think that's the case with Galladay. With Brees Hall's injury, let's talk about the impact now on the James Robinson trade for both Robinson and Michael Carter going forward. I think this week Carter will be the primary and Robinson will be like the goal line guy, probably uh, short yardage packages. I don't think Robinson's going to be involved in the passing game. So I would not be too despondent if you had Carter. I don't think you were ever going to get a full workload out of him. Anyhow, I think Ty Johnson would have been the guy splitting carries previously, but I, I think it's still it's Carter and Robinson. I don't think either is like workhorse back. I think there'll be a bit of a timeshare. The good news for them is the jets are committed to the run. Even before Brees Hall got hurt, Carter was involved. It was just a question of how much. That's true. Uh, we're with Jeff Erickson right now from Rotowire. We're talking fantasy football. Hey, if you've got questions, this is the time to get it in. Send it to us right now. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You could tweet Jeff as well at Jeff underscore Erickson on Twitter. And to check out all of his great work at uh, rotowire.com. Now, you've got Dak Prescott ranked 11th this week on your value meter. Did you see enough from Dak against Detroit where you feel pretty confident now as a, as a QB1? No. Uh, I think he's just a fringe guy at the, you know, he's, he's kind of a pick the Mac matchups kind of uh, who's on by in a given week. So I think, I mean, it's no Mahomes, no Herbert this week. So that alone pushes him down to 13. Uh, and I think there's some below, like who knows where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to end up, uh, you know, if Russell Wilson ever returns to form, I think, but I think he's at the top of that grouping, but you'll notice, like, I don't think he's appreciably better than Geno Smith or Andy Dalton right now uh, because I think Dallas wants to run the ball. Uh, although, was he probably potentially out? Maybe that changes a little bit this week. With uh, with somebody like we, we talked about James Robinson going over to the J- Jacksonville J- uh, excuse me to the Jets, but now with Jacksonville specifically, you kind of called this last week, Jeff, uh, in them using Travis Etienne more at the yeah. running back spot. Do you see his usage even you know growing even more? I think he got all but uh, three snaps last week, so it's hard to get more than that. Um, I think he is a top fifteen back almost every single week. This is I've got him at fifteen this week, and it's as low as I think it'll be because it's a really bad matchup against Denver. Uh, the Remember, that's the London game. Starts at uh, 7.30, your guys' time. Get up nice and early on that. And try to see if you can figure out how to watch ESPN Plus to watch it. <laughs> Jeff Erickson with us here on Sports Talk as we continue with more of the show. Uh, I noticed we talked earlier with Jamar Chase's injury. That has now taken Joe Burrow. You've dropped him down to five on your value meter. Is this now going to be Tyler Boyd stepping up in his absence and being that number one guy? Uh, Higgins will be the number one guy. Boyd will be number two. Uh, both will get heavy usage, though. Uh, I'm curious to see if like someone like Mike Thomas or Hayden Hurst gets more targets as a result. Who are the, who, where does the overflow go to? Because Higgins and Boyd were going to get theirs anyhow. We saw Boyd last week go off against the Falcons. Uh, I, I think both will be very important, though, too. Uh, maybe even someone like Chris Evans kind of worms his way into the picture a little bit there. They throw to the backs maybe a little bit more frequently as a result of this. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, does Mixon's value change at all, or you don't think they're going to utilize Joe in the passing game any? Or in the, yeah, uh, exactly. It, it, I mean, not anymore. They already give him like five to six targets a game. I think that's about where he stays. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he, he's already a full usage back. That's about what he'll stay. Okay. Um, meanwhile, let's talk about some other members on the value meter right now as we continue. Um, 
I've 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 been so frustrated with Tom Brady. I mean, last week doesn't yeah. score a, a touchdown. No, he had a he had a wide open drop by Evans. That was just, I mean, it was as bad as it gets. But still, you wonder when will we start to see the Brady that we uh, are so used to these last couple of years in Tampa. I don't know if that is coming back um, because I mean, hey, the time the, the clock strikes for all of us, right? Uh, you know, I, I I think of like Steve Carlton or Willie Mays, even you know, elite elite, and he's an elite. You know, they all hit that number that time. It's rare to go out on top. Uh, I, I think there'll be moments. And he's had a couple of them this year where he's had games where he's had at least had the yardage. I think he's throwing the ball sooner. I think his offensive line is a real problem. I think he doesn't have the confidence to stay in the pocket longer, so I think he gets rid of it a little bit quicker, and that means a lot of checkdowns, a lot of lower uh, targets. And you know, the you had the Evans drop, and that game that completely changed the game. Yeah. Very early in the game, zero zero. That's a touchdown by a walk in touchdown. Um, and obviously, he thought Evans thought that looked down or whatever, and that's why he why he didn't drop it. But just a killer drop. You don't get to recreate that. It's not like okay, well let's just run that same play. No, the coverage is going to shift. You'll never be able, you know, you that's just like that's the lightning in the bottle moment. You got to convert it. With a team like the Baltimore Ravens, how do you evaluate their running back group? Because one week it's Kenyon Drake breaking out. The next week, Gus Edwards gets featured a little bit more. J.K. Dobbins with a little bit more of a setback right now as far as an injury. Would you kind of stay away from the Ravens running backs or would you uh, continue to ride whichever hot hand they have? I mean, I'm in a couple of leagues where I have no choice but to start Edwards this week. So uh, I'm going to reach for the Excedrin and just try to guess right in the hot hand. Uh, it's going to be Edwards, I think. But this week, you know, with the short rest, him coming off of a knee injury and heavy usage last week, he'll probably play less than he did last week is my guess uh, with this Thursday night game. Uh, but, I mean, Bateman's banged up. Andrews is banged up. They're going to play, but I don't know what you're going to get out of them. So it it's kind of a, this uh, black box right now with the Ravens. Any surprise that uh, Andy Dalton is staying in at starter right now with New Orleans? No, he's better than Winston, I think. I think if you look at how they've played. I know Winston – I mean, Dalton had the back-to-back pick sixes on Thursday night last week. The first of those was Marcus Callaway's fault, not Dalton's. Uh, the second of which was firmly, plainly Dalton's fault. So, you know – but he threw for six touchdowns, just only four of them were to his team. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he, you know, the team is a better offense with him. And they're doing it without, you know, without Mike Tom, Michael Thomas, without Jarvis Landry, without Adam Troutman. I mean, there there's a lot of parts that are missing on this team. They lost their stud rookie left tackle in the preseason. Uh, their stud, Taron Armstead, signed with the Dolphins in the offseason. So they've had a, you know, they're dealing with a lot, and they're in a bad shape here, guys. So you got bad cap problems. They're not going to have their first round pick next year. Philly's got that pick. You know, it's just all things are coming up Millhouse for the Eagles right now. You talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Are we ever going to see Rodgers become that that can't uh, bench number one quarterback, or is this the year where you think we start to look at Rodgers a lot differently, and you just can't trust him from a week to week basis? Uh, I think it's the latter, and it's not. It's some of this is Rodgers. I mean, a lot of it is you know you take away Devonte Adams and just try to fake it at the position. This is what you get. They're not going to have Lazard this week at at Buffalo, by the way. He doesn't trust Dubs. You know, uh, you know Christian Watson's at limited practice right now. Sammy Watkins, you know, paragon of health that he is, has been limited in practice. I mean, they they they're basically having open tryouts. They're talking about trying to trade for a receiver, but all I've heard is okay, we got to get a, a wide receiver on his rookie contract. And Kadarius Tony, there he was. Now he's gone. Uh, who knows what they're going to go with next? There's probably someone out that they think you can trade for, but 
you know, time's a wasting. And this is the Rodgers that we saw the year before they drafted Jordan Love. There's a reason why they didn't think that Rodgers was going to return to this form. He had two injury-wracked years in a row where he looked a lesser version of himself. We're like, okay, the guy's lost his fastball. No, nothing to blame. It happens to everyone. But then he turned in two great seasons last year, proved that he proved the doubters wrong. That can still happen here this year, too. Could happen next year. Could be just a tough year this year, but uh, I don't think it happens uh, Sunday night. Not with his weapons gone and against Buffalo on the road. Bad spot here. With a running back like Isaiah Pacheco, is he somebody who's going to take more snaps than uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the season continues? Or do you still kind of fade him, not necessarily buying in on the early hype on Isaiah Pacheco? You know, I was part of that crowd scrambling on Sunday morning last week after Ian Rappaport's out-of-the-blue report that that, uh, Pacheco was getting first-team snaps. I can't see how none of the local beat writers mentioned that. Must have been some pact of silence, some omerita uh, there with the Chiefs and Andy Reid. But... I think it's a game flow thing. I think it depends on who they're playing, what sort of offense are going to run that particular game, what the game, you know, what the score is. I mean, if they're up two scores early, eh, here comes Pacheco. They're going to run the ball a little bit more. Although I think you know, the Chiefs and Andy Reid are one of those put the pedal to the metal, don't let up type of teams. I think they learned their, I, hopefully they learned their lesson from last year when they gacked up a lead to my Bengals in the AFC championship game and, you know, didn't couldn't put him away. Uh, I think that, you know, this is a team that wants to keep scoring. So that actually kind of works against Pacheco because he doesn't do pass pro. He's not in the passing game that much. So from Pacheco to Kenneth Walker of Seattle, he's the real deal, isn't he, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he, man. Do you see that acceleration when he got the corner last week against the Chargers? That was something to watch. I'm with you on that one. That's why you've got him ranked eighth right now. I'm interested to see how he elevates himself in the value meter if he keeps putting up uh, games like that. Yeah, you're seeing the rise of all these rookies. We would have kept on seeing it with Hall, too. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But, you know, the young guys, ETN, I treat them like as if you were a rookie. Damian Pierce, uh, Walker. I'm curious to see what James Cook on Buffalo does after the bye. Rookie running backs after the bye. That's something that's a little trend you can profit from. Kyron Williams on the Rams. That's another name you can go add for cheap right now. He's coming off the IR with that ankle injury. You know, Cam Akers is going to walk the earth. He's not going to be on the Rams anymore. So, and I don't think Daryl Henderson can handle a full-time carrying duty. So there's an opening there. So pay attention to that one there too. Talk to me about what you've got up on the website right now uh, at uh, rotowire.com. You know, in addition to my value meter, I had Jerry Donabunian on the uh, Rotowire podcast this week. Jerry does four articles for us every single week. Backfield breakdown, target breakdown, streaming defenses, and exploiting the matchups. Fantastic stuff every single week. Check that out. Jim Coventry's got all these video shorts that are excellent. These great Twitter threads as well. One of our uh, full-time writers. Uh, we just, and all sorts of features. Kevin Payne's free agent article. Jeff Stotts got, has an injury article. You name it, we've got it covered. Rotowire.com slash free. Get you that free free no credit card trial there. Uh, Unlocks the paywall. Check it out. See if you like it. Hopefully you want to subscribe. Good stuff as always. Jeff, we'll do it again with you right back here next week uh, via Zoom. Appreciate the time as always. You bet. Take care. He's Jeff Erickson, folks, as we continue on Sports Talk. Let's go to Adrian for SportsCenter. Then we'll come back and wrap up hour number two right after this. Back here on Sports Talk 49 past the hour as we continue. Lane Frank is with us, and he'll join us to begin our 6 o'clock hour. Great to see him, and uh, great to see the whole family. They were there last night for the uh, for the roast. It was nice. 
I had a chance to see Lane, Adam, uh, Jerry, Ruben was there as well. Uh, Really fun to have them be a part of that, and I'm happy that uh, they were there for it. And I'm looking forward to uh, to Lane. You know, you brought this up, Adrian. Maybe in the future it's possible that uh, we could get, um, you know, and again, it's probably a long shot, but... You know, if the two of us need to ever go do something, maybe Link can just host Sports Talk one afternoon. You know what? I was thinking about this a little bit more. I mean, there's summer break. There's summer vacation. There's yeah. Christmas vacation. You know, we, we take some vacation here and there. So uh, there might be uh, some times where this booth is is uh, vacant and he can hop in and, and uh, host the show for three hours. No problem. He'd be the youngest host in the history of Sports Talk. We've never had – I mean, I'll be honest – you were probably what twenty two when you I was took 20. over. I was 20? twenty. Yeah. All right. You've got the record. Nobody younger than twenty. We've never had a teenage. We've never had a teenage host of sports talk. Because when I took over the show, I was twenty four. You were twenty when you were actually doing the full three hours. So we've never had anybody in their teens, and he would be potentially like fourteen doing the show. That would probably be a record that would never be broken. The thing is, is he would also one up us like by ten, Steve, because he would bring in some awesome like celebrity guests. He would. He would. He would stack the show. Yeah, he would. I know. I mean, and I'm sure there are um, plenty that he would. I mean, you know what's funny? Give Lane a a show or two or a week's worth. Next thing you know, they're not going to want us back after he's done. They're going to be like, hey, keep keep Lane on the air. Where'd he go? You guys could take uh, another two weeks off. That's right exactly, exactly. Our ratings went up. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He'll sta- he's going to stack it for us. That'd be good. So uh, Lane's going to join us. We'll pick games as well. And uh, he, you know, he was eight and six last week in the NFL. Not the kind of week I was hoping for because he Did had he beat a couple. The mayor? They tied. Wow. Well, first off, they only split on two games. So. And they split on the games they split. So Mayer got one, Lane got the other, and hence that's why if they finished uh, with the same eight and six record. But there's so much. I mean, there's so much parody in the NFL. Who would have picked the Commanders to beat the Packers? Yeah, very true. Also, I I would say that uh, when you look at this week's NFL uh, schedule, a lot of better games this week. This this week has way better quality matchups versus last week. I thought last week was a little weird. I I agree. Uh, It's been like that for much of the season. So YYS is going to step in and challenge Lane coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. And that's going to be right around 6.20. We'll start that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll go around the sports world with Lane in the first segment. And don't forget, uh, the, the newest podcast of Schoolyard Sports drops today. So we'll talk to him about that, see what he's got going on. Um, I'm excited. He always comes in focused. He's never smiling. He's now, you know, he is so intense when he gets on this radio show he just he gets down to business it's all he wants to do is just deliver the goods he wants to take the persona of his new york fo- football giants who right now are six and one on the season i owe lane and all the giants fans an apology because i thought they were frauds and uh they are i'm a be- i'm a believer in the giants i don't know if i'm a believer in danny dimes yet lane but uh I- i'm definitely a, be- a believer in the giants let me tell you something danny dimes is moving up the uh, fantasy rankings right 
right now, and he's starting to get more and more street cred when it comes to the value meter from Jeff Erickson at rotowire.com. I can't believe it. Well, because he takes rushes, he's running the ball. They they actually do design runs for him as well. So it's like, yeah, you kind of have to play him. Like, I know. Who, are you, who are you playing between him and Geno Smith if you're just looking at that game specifically? I might be looking at Danny Dimes. It's true. You know, my dream is for... Lane to host the show and UTEP Zay to produce the show. There you go. That means we would have a 14-year-old hosting and a 15-year-old producing. We probably would break every child labor law in the country, and God help us for what would happen as a result. But, man, it would be fun to to give uh, a couple of uh, teenagers three hours of sports radio to see what they can do together. I think they could handle it. I, I mean, based on what I know from both these guys, I think they could easily handle it. They, they'd probably walk through three hours and say, that's it? That was a- that, that was showing fast. You guys had all those commercial breaks. That was nothing. I know. I'm with you on that one. So anyway, this is going to be coming up to begin our 6 o'clock hour. So we'll, we'll go around the sports world. We'll talk World Series with Lane. We'll get his thoughts on that. We'll get his thoughts around the college and NFL world. And then we'll talk about the games coming up in our second segment with YYS. Oh, man, that's going to be a lot of fun as we continue here on Sports Talk. Don't worry, by the way. I still think... Uh, uh, we'll get uh, Alexa to go head-to-head with you. Just going to be a couple of weeks before we can make that happen. So we'll, we'll pull that off, too. Anyway, we got a lot more in store in our final hour. It's coming up right after the Dallas Cowboys update with Christy Scales. Stay with us, folks. Lane Frank brought to you by River Oaks Properties. They deliver it every week right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. Final hour. The hour that features Lane Frank. Our favorite um, weekly guest, well, first off, he's the only in-studio weekly guest we get. He's also 14. He's ready to go. He's the host of Schoolyard Sports. It's brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Adrian, he just took off his, his sweatshirt. Now he's in a T-shirt. He's more comfortable. Ready to go. He, he's 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 now in show mode. He is in full show mode at this point. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson right now getting out of the tunnel. He's getting ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He looks focused. Same way Lane Frank looks focused right Every now. Every single week on this show he does. Welcome back, Lane. Good to see you. How are you holding up? Of course, yeah. Hang on a second, Lane. Let me, let me get a mic. That's three. It's, it's on three. Oh, he's on three. With that mic, he's on three. We switched it. Yeah, this was three. It. This was four. We swapped it up. Nope. Uh, it's no, not look, even he's, plugged in. He's got a dummy plug. It's not even plugged. Give me how that microphone for you. Let me see what I can do here. I'm gonna put that in. Number four. There we go. All right, now you're live. All right, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna what? be locked in like hey, what, Lamar Jackson. What do we first up? Hey, no offense, Lane. Adrian, one mic wasn't working when we started, and then this mic wasn't plugged in. I was gone for one day. How do we, we unplug three, every mic? We had three in-studio guests yesterday. And we so. unplugged all these microphones? And we just swapped up mics. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right, well, listen, we're back now. That's Okay, that's good to know. Hey, um, it's good to see you. Of course. Um, you, uh, by the way, we should let our listeners know that uh, you're going to be heading out to watch one of the big games of college football. Oh, yeah. Tell everybody about what uh, where you're going to be this weekend. State championship, Michigan, Michigan State, under the lights, blew out. Go blue. Isn't that awesome? Now, by the way, for a blue out, what are you wearing? Are you going to wear a jersey or are you going to show up in just a blue shirt? What will you be wearing for this one? You know, my mom probably wants me to wear a heavy jacket. I'm not trying to do that. I'll probably wear my jersey over a sweatshirt, something like that. Get the blue out going. I love how Michigan kind of just came up with this blue out. What's the forecast in Ann Arbor for Saturday night's game? I think it's going to be about 60 degrees, sunny. It'll be nice. 
During oh, the day. really? Yeah. You don't yeah. need a, If it's 60 degrees, you exactly. don't need a jacket. Exactly. Yeah, it would be awesome. Tell game. your mom, relax. You'll be all right. You'll be good. You're going to be watching football and uh, with uh, with about 100,000 friends of yours. Oh, and, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm getting the forecast for Saturday. Saturday, oh, 61 is the high. Yeah, yeah. So that means if it's 61 is the high, then by the time game kicks off, probably be in like the 50s, yeah, you'll be bad. fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be that's, fine. Yeah. That's, that's good weather Perfect for Perfect weather you. for Michigan football. Maybe not for Michigan State, but for my Michigan Wolverines for sure. There you go. That's good. By the way, will Michigan annihilate Michigan State, or is this always a close game? You know, it's kind of fun when it's a close game, but um, let me go by game by game. So 2021, Michigan got off to the hot start. Probably should have won that game. Great game to end. Michigan State wins it. 2020, the blowout. 2019, Michigan annihilates Michigan State. 2018, Michigan annihilates Michigan State. 2017, the only other time it's been primetime, and I was at that game, we lost 14-10. So I'm interested to see how it goes out in primetime this time at Michigan Stadium. Ah, oh, man, you were like, what, nine in that game or something uh, like that? You were a kid. Ten. That was your first, that was, your first was that your first big uh, – when do you turn 15? I turned 15 in January, so yeah, I was nine then, I guess. Adrian, we got to get him to host the show before he hits 15. He's yes. got to get the 14-year-old mark. That's the key. <laughs> We got to set the bar at fourteen. Hey, holidays around the corner, Lane. Yeah, we are. We're taking vacation days. You want to host a show? Are you gonna? Are you gonna be in town in December? Or are you gonna be out of town? I don't know. I don't think I'm being town much in December. Will you tell your parents? Will you be allowed to like stay here to host a show? I will hope that, so. Would that be enough to get them to keep you here for an extra day? I mean, we were talking coming home for New Year's. If like Duke is in the Sun Bowl, come home to see Duke play in the Sun Bowl. Oh, that was that'd be fun. They were here yeah. a couple years ago. Of course, yeah. Were your uh, were your brothers excited about Duke in the Sun Bowl back in that game? I think so. Yeah, I think they'd be pretty excited if Duke came in the Sun Bowl. Were they uh, were they at Duke when Duke was in the Sun Bowl the last time, or was that where they still in high school? That's probably when they were still in high school, middle okay. school. Okay, yeah. all right, I got you. Not middle school, it wasn't that long ago. Twenty fourteen, I thought. No, it's been it's been eight years since Duke was Against here. UCLA. Really? I think so. 2014, Duke oh, UCLA. He's how, right. Oh he's my right. God, how the time flies. I feel like that was just yesterday when yeah. Califf was However, uh, Duke did come in, uh, they did come and play against Arizona State. That was, uh, but, you know, that was a while back as well. So What was that? Uh, I'm, I'm looking this up. Uh, hmm. Hold on just a second. I, I got to get this, this date down right But now. the most recent game they played was 2014 in El Paso? Oh, yeah. That would be middle school for that yeah, matter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, that's. Maybe not even middle school. That's a long time ago. Yeah. I know it. They might have been. Yeah, they, they were kids back yeah. then. That's eight years ago. That's already. crazy, yeah. I know it. I'm with you. Um, all right. As far as the other college games go, did you think Syracuse was going to knock off Clemson last week? Uh, yeah. I switched my pick to Syracuse in the morning to beat Clemson. Looked pretty good. Up 21 to 10. Then what happens? Clemson benches DJ Ongolay. Should have won that game in my eyes. Syracuse. By the way, you switched it the morning of. What made you decide to flip-flop at the last minute? You know, on my show, I said that Syracuse uh, was probably going to cover against Clemson. And then in the morning, when I was doing my hot takes on Saturday, I was like, let's just do it. Syracuse probably got the better running game. Garrett Schrader's a good quarterback. I've seen DJU play pretty terrible at times, which did happen. Garrett Schrader did play well. Sean Tucker, I mean, at least caught the ball pretty well. And I thought they were going to win that game, and they should have won that game. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? Exactly. I coulda, hear you. Uh, how'd you go in your picks last week for college? Not that great, honestly. Uh, I had UCLA over Oregon. I keep on messing up my picks. I gotta get them back this week, Steve. But nobody out picks you, so how does it happen? It's wild. We need to get we need to get it right this week. I got some good hot takes this week that I did on my show. All right, that's good. Is that dropped yet, or is it dropping tonight? Audio dropped, and then video will drop later. Oh, fair enough. Oh, so I can actually listen to the podcast now. Exactly. And then I can watch the podcast later. There you go. I like that. That sounds like fun. All right. Um, 
Yankees got swept right out of the postseason. How disappointing is that? Uh, not disappointing for me as a Mets fan. I mean, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I'm I not like the Mets. That. I'm not like the typical Mets fan though that hates the Yankees. I hate the Braves more than the Yankees. I hate the Phillies more than the Yankees. I hate the Marlins more than the Yankees. But um, I did not expect the Yankees to get swept. Pre-playoffs, I said Yankees win the World Series because all season long until August, they're the best team in the MLB. Now you've been raised right. Let me let me stop the show in the segment for a second because I am a full believer. That if you root for a team, you should automatically hate every team in that division. There you go. You can't root for a team and then like a team. and th- That goes against everything. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. I 100% agree. Which means that if the team that's left in the World Series is in the same division as yours, you cannot, under any circumstances, root for them. You know, it's like that thing where if Ohio State's in the national championship, you can't just say, oh, it's root for Ohio State because it's good for the Big Ten. No, I want Ohio State to get killed, obviously. So, yeah, it's like this. I want the Phillies to kind of get annihilated, but uh, I think they take them to six. Are you like me? Do you root for injuries? No, I don't. I, no, I don't root for injuries. You, I got to watch not, myself there. You're not, you're not there yet, right? You don't want to root for injuries. I mean, so, for, watching, teams you, for teams you don't like, you just root for them to lose. You don't root for, like, serious injuries. I mean, for telling me, do you want C.J. Stroud to get knocked out on November 28th against Michigan, I'm obviously going to say yes. Because it's better for Michigan, but um, I'm not rooting for that to happen. All right. So you're not, like, evil when it comes to the no, way no, you no, root no, against no. the opposition. No, no, right. no, no just straight, not. Just straight losses. Adrian, do you root for—I no, know you don't root for injuries. You're too nice a guy. I get that. <laughs> but uh, do you root against teams in your favorite team's division? Yeah, well, I, I would say as far as my sports fandom goes, it's really just the Rams. I'm fixated on them. And I, I definitely hate the 49ers. I, I definitely hate the Seahawks. The— Cardinals, I just kind of like, it's just whatever. They're, they're the Cardinals. I understand. It makes a lot of sense. All right, so that being said, the Astros are the cheaters. Everybody thinks the Astros did this. Listen, let me tell you a little secret about the Astros, okay? They got caught. Everybody cheats. Baseball. They all do. In baseball, baseball, they all cheat. Yeah. They all do. And, okay. and the Astros, unfortunately, got caught, and they got made examples of because a former player decided he was going to blow the uh, roof off that whole scandal. Remember, it wasn't like a member of the media figured this out. Mike Fires. Uh, Mike Fires decides, well, you know what? They did this and that. He broke, he broke the code. There you go. You don't break the code. He broke the code. And everybody hates the Astros. Everybody said, oh, Astros aren't going to be good because they had a rough start to the 2020 season. Everybody said, oh, they're terrible. Whatever, they make the conference championship series. They make the World Series. Now they're back in the World Series. So, they are. I mean, it's a stacked lineup. They built it. The cheating didn't really affect it. I could say you could win the World Series in 2017 without the cheating. I, I, they probably could have. They probably would have. By the way, this is interesting, okay? They apparently hit better on the road the year of the trash can scandal than they did at home, which is when they were banging the trash cans. So go figure that one out. You're using the cans to know where the pitches are supposed to be coming, and yet you perform better away from Minute Maid Park where they didn't have the system in place that year. That's a pretty good point. And like also, Game 7 of that 2017 World Series, Astros kill the Dodgers. That's in L.A. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly right. All right. And we don't know what the Dodgers are trying to do to get in a competitive advantage Yeah, there you either. go. There you go. We don't. That being said... Will the Astros beat the Phillies in this World Series? And if so, how many games is it going to go? It's going to go to six games. So I did my World Series hot takes on my uh, episode. I think it goes to six games. I think Jordan uh, probably wins World Series MVP. I think he might even tie George Springer's record of five home runs in the World Series. Most ever. I really think Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler kind of just get lit up in this series. So, yeah. I got Really? Go. 
yeah, I got to go into six games. Kind of like that 2015 Kansas City Royals-Mets series where obviously the Kansas City Royals were the better team, Mets had the better pitching, but Royals had that awesome offense. That's what I think this series could go like. I could see Nola getting hit because he got hit in the last series, but Wheeler's been really, really good. He, former Met true, true. Who, looks, uh, who looks terrific right now in Philadelphia. And as for Jordan, he had a great divisional series, but he did not do anything against the Yankees in that exactly. series. I mean, only consistent guy for the Astros this playoffs had been Jeremy Pena. Wins the game th- uh, three against the Mariners, gets the home run in game four mm-hmm. against the Yankees. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes. I am, too. All right, so you're picking uh, Astros in six, and you're going to go Jordan Alvarez as your most valuable player. Yep, going Jordan Alvarez as my most valuable player. I want to see Dusty get the win. I I do. I am a Dusty Baker fan. I've met Dusty over the years as a manager. I've liked him. I've just thought he's great with kids when they approach him for autographs. So he's one of those guys that he's just a good guy in the sport. Never won a World Series as a manager. Hopefully it happens now. Yeah, I mean, kind of st- sad stuff. I mean, first season not being a manager of the Nationals, they win the World Series. So, yeah, hopefully Dusty can uh, win the World Series. Are you sick and tired of the Astros since they've been to the ALCS six straight years? I really don't care about the ALCS and AL- American League. I only care about if, like, the Nationals made the World Series every year, if the Phillies made the World Series every year. I don't care so much about the Astros. They're a Texas team. I don't care too much. So, as a biased New York Mets NL East fan... You have zero care in the world about the other the other league. You just you're all National League East, and as far as you're concerned, the rest of it's dead to you. Not all National League East. I mean, if the Dodgers made the World Series this year, that's annoying because the Mets beat the Dod- beat up on the Dodgers all year and stuff like that, and also Mets beat up on the Phillies all year, which is tough stuff. But interesting stuff right there. Uh, yeah, I don't care too much who in the all ALCS. Right. I don't think it's a big problem. Astros deserved it. Astros deserved to be this good in my eyes. Lane Frank with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue, and we'll get uh, his NFL picks coming up uh, momentarily. Um, uh, Reaction to the Jamar Chase injury out uh, four to six weeks right now for Cincinnati. You know, I saw that when I was in uh, third period. kind of upset me a little bit, upset my fantasy football teams a little bit. Uh, Yeah, tough stuff right there. It's going to be tough for the Bengals to rebound without Jamar. How many uh, leagues or teams do you have uh, have Jamar Chase? Uh, Let me check. I think I have him in three leagues out of my five. Okay, that's big. So you own a lot of Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, I do. I own a lot of Joe Burrow too, so that's tough. That is tough because you, you lose one, you might have you might take a big knock on the other one as well. So taking stock in Tyler Boyd. Are you watching any NBA basketball through the first couple of weeks? Oh yeah, I'm watching NBA basketball. Give me your reaction to the NBA. Uh, Lakers are not contenders. They're not going to be serious contenders in the LeBron era ever again. I don't think because I don't know how much longer the LeBron era in LA lasts. Is it this season? Next season? Year after that? I don't think they make the playoffs outright. I think they may begin to the play in. But they're 0-4 right now, and I said the Lakers win 45-50 games. Darvin Ham is the unanimous coach of the year. But I don't see this team winning 45-50 to 50 games after starting the season 0-4 against these playoff teams. Three of the four teams they've lost to have been playoff teams from last year. But then the Blazers, you're losing to them. That's tough stuff right there in my eyes for the Lakers. Who do you like so far? Besides the Knicks, who I know we've talked about on this show, who else do you like that's had a really nice start? Uh, Pelicans had a good opening night against the Nets. Uh, Grizzlies playing pretty well, beat up on my Knicks. So, yeah, interesting stuff right there. Nets also have been terrible. They have been. Do you think think, – who's a bigger dumpster fire right now, the Lakers or the Nets? Uh, Nets. I mean, Nets are getting killed right now by Dallas. But, um, yeah, I'd have to say Nets – Maybe the Nets can turn on the Jets like how they did in that 2020-2021 NBA season where they had like a 15-game winning streak from December 
the January. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how this goes, though, in the NBA this season. You still like the Phoenix Suns this year? I don't know about the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, they lost a couple of uh, European teams. I think they lost the Australian team in the preseason. But that's preseason. Suns will get things going. A team I really like, who I think is going to make the finals this year, is the Clippers. You got Kawhi Leonard back. You got Paul George back. You got a great infusion of youth with Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Brand Boston. It's a very good, well-rounded team. Youth team where if the veterans need load management, Paul George needs to miss a few games. Kawhi's going to miss 20 games probably. These young guys will be able yeah. to step up. Give me your thoughts on load management. I hate load management in the NBA. I think it's the biggest farce there is. You know, I, I saw a thing the other day that load management might become a thing in the NFL. Like if you have an easy three-week stretch, you have a bye week, you have two easy games— just bench your star wide receiver, bench your running back for those games, rest them up for the playoffs. That's tough. I mean, NBA load management, these guys are playing 82 games a season. That's tough stuff right there. You know, I, it didn't bother Jordan. Didn't I, bother Magic. Because they didn't have didn't the research. Didn't bother Bird. They didn't have the research to know. They didn't have the medical study to know. Oh, they didn't care. They, 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 they wanted well, to play. They, they, their idea was they were. Did they? they? they were, did they, though? Absolutely. They were gamers. Okay. Nobody wanted to voluntarily sit. Okay. That's a new it, thing. It's That's not, like your age. It's not that big of a deal, though. How many games due to load, load management does LeBron miss a year? Two? Three? To injury a lot more, but to load management? Oh, I'm not a. When it comes to load management, LeBron is not who I'm talking about here. That's he is not the he is not the poster child. Not a for lot LeBron, of pe- not a lot of people management. miss load management. I mean, Kawhi Leonard injuries. You want to keep these guys healthy for the playoffs. I understand your side of things because you grew up with Jordan. All these guys. I'm growing up with LeBron, Kawhi Leonard. These guys who invented load management. They did. I mean, Derrick Rose could still be a star player if load management was the thing. All right, I still think uh, it's a it's a load of you know what load management, but that's all right. I like the I like the thoughts. When we come back, YYS and Lane Frank go toe to toe, picking NFL games right after Charlie won in this traffic update. Well, Stephen, the Council Metro place still some rough spots remain. I want to go first to the central area, Alameda and Nata PD, still addressing that wreck, Alameda and Nata. They're trying to clear up that rig that we had uh, blocking lanes, I-10 East and Loop 375. That's in the clearing stage. Still some backlog of traffic there. It's on the shoulder, but still that a lot of congested traffic back to almost Lee Trevino, Lee Trevino to uh, Loop 375. Still some congested traffic left over because they're trying to clear that rig at I-10 East at the Loop. Also, going to the widest port of entry, you stacked up. I-10 West to the widest port of entry, still backing up traffic. I-10 East to the widest port of entry. You're in single file right there. Going on tonight, there's a closure at 9 p.m. ITD spell between Schuster and downtown. They do some link closures there. And this update brought to you by me, Ferrito Cafe, 3120 Trailer, open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Open for dining, breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials. We have the Mexican plate, seafood, a 9 to 12 weekend buffet, menudo every day, vegetarian options, and the restaurant available for special occasions. Me, Ferrito Cafe, 3120 Trailer, open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Charlie 1600, ESPN, El Back here on Sports Talk 23 past the hour. We've got Lane Frank with us uh, for our weekly chat. Yep, Lane is 14. He hosts Schoolyard Sports. He is a freshman at Coronado. He's number one on the tennis team for JV. Nice. He, he's an athlete. That's what my grandpa says. I don't know about that for sure. Are you? I mean, there's older people on JV. I'd say I'm up there. Are I'm, you good? I'm- Yes, you, have the same, you have the same kind of confidence on the tennis court like you do talking on the radio? Of course, of course. I would expect nothing less from respect you. Respect to my teammates, though. I can't say I'm number one. I'd say we're all we're all up there. There you go. Yeah, there's no I in team, is there, Lane? No, there isn't. Do you That's play any right. other sports, Lane? I mean, I play basketball for fun. I'll throw a football in the yard, everything like that, but tennis competitively. 
You have a basketball hoop in the house? Of course. All right. L- l- invite me over. We'll come over and we'll play. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll sure. bang you around a little bit for <laughs> a couple hours and see how we see how we do. Have you right? on the podcast and then play some basketball after? Fantastic. That, that works for me. By the way, uh, again, I want to thank uh, River Oaks Properties. Uh, they uh, sponsor our segment each week with Lane here on the program. And we got YYS. That's our special guest uh, this week to pick games in the NFL against you, Lane. YYS needs no introduction. He's been tweeting the show for over a decade. He calls in from time to time. Big listener of the show and I'm excited that we got YYS going to uh, take a shot at you and see what he can do uh, YYS welcome back to the program how are you I'm doing good Steve how are you guys doing we're doing good um, we're excited about this we really are you know the first thing Lane wanted to know when he heard it was you is what's your Twitter handle so he could study up on some of your past tweets and see what he's dealing with here oh really yes well all I could tell you Steve is I'm I'm excited for my shot at the title. I am, too. So, That's right. Yes, sir. By the way, uh, uh, what is he playing for this week, Adrian? What, do, what should we have uh, What should we have YYS play for? Well, we, we should throw back barbecue on, in the mix. So let's throw, some, let's throw a $50 gift card to King's Barbecue. Oh. Uh, it's always good to, to give away some food. How about that, YYS? King's Barbecue, 50 bucks. What a prize if you outpick Lane Frank this week. Let's do it. All right, here we go. I am too. First game, we'll start it off. Going on right now. No cheating. No looking at the scores. Four and three Ravens visiting the three and four Bucks. It's the prime video Thursday night game from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Ravens are four and three, two and one on the road. Bucks are three and four, one and two at home. All right, YYS, since you are the celebrity picker this week, you get first shot. Who are we going with here, Ravens or Bucks? I have to go with the Bucks, Steve, only because it's hard to pick. Uh, keep picking against Tom Brady. Yeah, I understand. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, Lane, uh, are you going to pick against Tom Brady this week, uh, or are you going to, um, or are you going to go ahead and, uh, you know, possibly uh, stay with YYS? Uh, on my show, Squared Sports, episode ninety-seven, available on all podcast platforms right now. I picked the Ravens in this one. I picked the Ravens to be my Super Bowl champion preseason. I picked Lamar Jackson to win MVP. I got to stick with it. Go Ravens. All right, Ravens for Lane, YYS goes Bucks. I like the start of this. They're already disagreeing, and it's the first game of the night. This this has potential. Let's go to the uh, Sunday games. We'll start with the 7.30 game from Wembley Stadium in London. It's And, it's by the way, it's on ESPN+. Plus. You can wait to wake up and watch this game. The 2-5 and five Jags meeting the 2-5 and five Broncos. Somebody has a chance to win their third game of the season. Even though it's in Wembley, the Jacksonville Jaguars are two-and-a-half point favorites, Lane. Uh, in this one, uh, I have a feeling I'm gonna regret this, but I'm gonna pick the Jaguars. Travis Etienne looked amazing last week. Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good. Russell Wilson might have woken up all his teammates on that flight doing his high knees. Uh, I don't know how long Nathaniel Hackett lasted in De- uh, Denver. He might be gone after this game in London. We'll just have to see. Maybe he'll get tarmacked like uh, Lane Kiffin. But uh, give me Jaguars over Broncos. Jaguars over Broncos. What about you, YYS? You know what, Steve? I I want to say that uh, Russell Wilson will find a way to grind out a very ugly win. And by ugly, I mean maybe a 9-6 to six final score. So I'll go with the Broncos, Steve. All right. So Broncos, it is. How did you like those, um, the leg lifts? Did you enjoy that, watching that on video? That's so weird that he's doing that on the flight. I mean, yeah. just get ready before the game. He's a weird dude, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... Kind of a diva. Denver, not diva, kind of just corny. Trying to stick with the times, you're not really with the times. Trying yeah. to keep... Yeah, it, just... He's always no, He's always been known as that quiet guy, the good guy, everything like that. 
now he's just kind of being a little bit weird. Okay. Weird persona, like Brian Kelly, when he got to LSU, he turned into a weird guy, corny. Now he's kind of settled down a little bit. But not Aaron Rodgers weird, right? He's really weird. Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo. That guy's like, Aaron Rodgers is beyond. Okay, fair enough. Uh, here we go. Next game. Two and five Panthers meeting the three and four Falcons. This one's uh, in Atlanta. It's the early game on Fox from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Falcons are three and four, two and one at home. Panthers are two and five, zero oh and two on the road. Something's got to give in this one. So will the Falcons improve to five and uh, five hundred, or will the Panthers win their third game of the season? Yys, who are we taking here? You know what, Steve? I might have to go. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the Falcons on this one. All right, Falcons. It is Falcons at home. Lane, what about you? Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, Marcus Mariota keeps it going. You know Baker Mayfield's healthy, and they're not even starting him. They're just going with P.J. Walker. Sad, isn't it? Sad. Number one pick, getting replaced by an XFL number one pick. That's true. Shows you how far <laughs> the mighty have fallen. Yep. That's right. All right, here we go. Coming up next, Bears-Cowboys. This should be interesting. Bears coming off the big win over the Patriots. They're 3-4, and 1-3 and three on the road. Cowboys are 5-2, and 3-1 and one at home. It's in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. Dallas 9.5-point favorites. All right, Lane, lead us off. You said it should be interesting. No, it, it really shouldn't, Steve. Uh, Justin Fields, we all loved how he played last week, but now he's going up against a top three defense in the NFL. It's a tough matchup after having the best game of your career for Justin Fields, but uh, I got the Cowboys in this one rolling over the Bears. YYS, your turn. What kind of Cowboys fan would I be, Steve, if I would pick against them? So I'm going to have to stick with Dallas here, and all I could tell you is I know Micah Parsons is going to be licking his chops. All right. Big night for Micah Parsons as well. Let's keep moving with the 11 o'clock games as we hit the bottom of the hour here on Sports Talk. We'll, we'll get you a sports center after the segment's over. Uh, Dolphins and Lions, 4-3 and three fish. They are 1-2 and two on the road. Lions are 1-5, 1-2 at home at Ford Field in Detroit. Despite the Dolphins and Lions record, Miami just three-and-a-half point favorites uh, on the road over the Lions. YYS, what's going to happen here? Well, Steve, I mean, based on everything um, Miami has, uh, Tua's back, uh, I'm going to have to just go with the Dolphins. Uh, they got a very, very good defense. Lions pretty much it's hit or miss. You don't know what you're going to get. So I'm going to go with the the Dolphins on this one. Dolphins for YYS. Uh, can MCDC pull one out of his hat here, Lane? I honestly don't know. It doesn't seem like these two teams are polar opposites. Lions, Dolphins, as animals, polar opposites. Detroit and Miami, two completely different cities uh lions need to rebound after i mean i think they played pretty well in dallas last week they should have had a touchdown tied the game up but they got stopped at the one then they fumbled the ball and then the kind of things went off the reels there but uh two swing of Iloa, they roll in this one give me the dolphins all right so you two have been in agreement over your last three games let's see if that continues with this one Five and one Vikings hosting the three and four Cardinals in Minneapolis at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings are perfect at home at three and zero. Cards are two and one on the road. Uh, Minnesota three and a half point favorites. Lane. You know, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're saying, "Oh, we got forty two points last week." Well, you look at the numbers: two pick sixes, twenty eight points on a pretty bad defense in New Orleans Saints. Pretty banged up defense in New Orleans Saints without Marshawn Lattimore, a team that was without. Michael Thompson, Jarvis Landry on the offense side. So uh, I got the Vikings in this one fresh off of a bye week. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. Go Vikings. UIYS, you agree? 
Yeah, I do, Steve. I, I just see a lot of offense there by the Vikings, and um, they're playing at home, as you said. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard not to go against the go against them at this point. All right, well, what are you going to pick for this one, YYS? Raiders and Saints. Raiders are 2-4. and four. They're winless on the road. Saints are 2-5. and five. They're 1-3 and three at home. It's going to be out at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. Vegas is one-and-a-half-point road favorites. Who are you taking here, YYS? You know what, Steve? I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Raiders here. I just have a feeling uh, Carr is going to have to bring his, uh, his A game on this one, but... Playing there in New Orleans, it's tough, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Raiders on this one. Raiders uh, for uh, Ying Yang Samurai. What about you, Lane? Yeah, I was going to pick the Raiders until I heard that Ying Yang went with uh, uh, New Orleans or with Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, with Vegas. So I'm going to go with New Orleans in this one. Vegas is pretty banged up right now. Devonta Adams is questionable. Darren Waller's coming off an injury. Josh Jacobs had a big load last week. He's questionable right now. So uh, I'm going with the Saints in this one. Alva Kamara gets things going. Their offense was pretty good last week, I'd say, against the, the Cardinals. Just the, I mean, Andy Dalton, two pick sixes at the end of the half. Yeah. Got to get that stuff cleaned up. But you're getting healthy. You're getting Jarvis Landry. You're getting Chris Olave. You're getting Michael Thomas. Give me the Saints at home. Tough place to win in. Here we go. Next up, Gangrene Jets taking on the Pats. Oh, Brees Hall is out for the year, but they have James Robinson. Jets are five and two overall, uh, one and two at home. The Pats are three and four, two and two on the road. Here's an interesting stat for the two of you: the Jets have lost the last twelve meetings uh, against the Patriots. Think about that for a second as you chew on it with a two and a half point New England uh, line. They are favored by two and a half. Um, all right, Lane, start us off. You know, Joe Flacco hasn't played in a few weeks, and he still has significantly more passing yards than uh, Zach Wilson. So uh, I'm going with the Patriots in this one. They haven't really need Zach Wilson to do anything yet. I mean, that's a terrible Broncos offense. They don't need points there. Mac Jones, we're interested to see how he goes. Hopefully Mac Jones starts a little game. Hopefully they don't flip-flop Bailey Zappe, uh, Mac Jones. But uh, I got the Patriots in this one. I just think it's a good matchup for them. They get the win. All right, what about you, uh, YYS? Well, to quote uh, Coach Bill, I don't care which quarterback it is, Steve, as long as he gets the win. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with Lane and go with the Pats on this one. Oh, my God. Nobody has any faith in the New York Jets besides me. That is, so, that is so sad and <laughs> Absolutely depressing. Absolutely nobody, Steve. I know. I'm with you on that one. All right. You both agree with the Patriots. How about this one? The 6-0 and Eagles hosting the 2-5 and Steelers. Pittsburgh, 1-3 and on the road. Eagles, 3-0 and at home. Philadelphia is going to be pumped this weekend. They got the Eagles at home and the Phillies in the World Series. What a weekend! Philadelphia minus eleven. Yys. I'm going to have to say that Philly wins the battle of uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Steve. And um, I mean, they got they they're rolling in all facets of the game. They just added uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Quinn. So mm-hmm. they're going to be going up against a very uh, bad offensive line and the Steelers and then Kenny. Kenny Pickett. I don't even know who's even starting, Steve. If it's Kenny Pickett or the other guy, what's his name? Mitch Trubisky. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. So I just think uh, Philly's going to eat him up. I got you. All right. So the Battle of Pennsylvania goes to the Eagles. You agree? Yeah, I'm going to Philadelphia. But uh, we got the state championship right here. You know, we have the Michigan State Championship this week. Michigan, Michigan State. Now we get the rare state championship from Pennsylvania. Closer than you think. I said on my show, maybe it goes like overtime or something. Wow. We saw the Steelers beat down on the Buccaneers. We saw them come competitive against the Dolphins. You got something to play for here. State championship. 
Eagles win, but it's going to be close. I am going to put close as a comment by this so that next week we'll revisit this and see how you did. Uh, That takes us to our 2 o'clock games. Titans and Texans is first up. Houston, 1-4-1. They're 0-1-1 at home. Titans are 4-2, 2-1 on the road. It's at NRG Stadium in H-Town. Tennessee, 2.5-point road dogs, Lane. Such a boring game in my eyes. Every AFC South game seems boring in my eyes. I picked the Colts to beat the Titans last week. They didn't, so I got to give the Titans their respect. They do this every year. They come out with two early losses, a blowout loss, and then they end up being the number one seed in the AFC somehow, and they get killed in the playoffs. That's going to probably happen again this year, but I got the Titans this one over the Texans. YYS, you agree with Lane? Yes, sir. I think uh, we're going to get a lot of Derrick Henry, and that, uh, as Lane said, it's just going to be a very boring game, just one of those games where don't be surprised if you see Derrick Henry get 35 carries in the game. But, they, but, but they'll win. All right. Up next, Commanders coming off that big win over the pack. They take on the Colts. Colts 3-3-1, and 2-1 at home. Commanders 3-4, and 1-2 and on the road. At Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Colts are three-and-a-half-point home favorites, YYS. Who are we taking? You know what, Steve? I'm going to have to go with the Colts. Uh, for the more that I want to say that the NFC East is going to keep uh, showing why it's still the best uh, division in football right now. I just have a feeling uh, Indy will find a way to win, and it's tough to win up there. All right. Uh, Lane, what about you? They just dumped um, Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger, and uh, it's back to uh, Taylor Heineke mania right now in Washington. What do you think? You know, two weeks ago, this is a boring matchup. You got Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. I know Matt Ryan took Carson Wentz's job, so we're all a little bit excited for that. But now we got Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. I'm not riding with the hot hand, Taylor Heineke. I'm going with Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, and the Colts. Get that run game going. They can't get the run game going. Matt Ryan blew it for them last week with the pick six in the red zone, a couple other things. So I got the Colts in this one over the Commanders. 49ers and Rams. This gets Adrian's attention. It's coming up this weekend, 225 game on Fox from SoFi and Inglewood. 49ers are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. They're 3-4, three and 1-3 and three, uh, away from home. Rams are 3-3, three and 2-2 three, two and two at home. Lane, who's going to win? To say Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay in the regular season would be an understatement because he literally owns them in the regular season. <laughs> I mean, he swept them last year in the regular season. They got a big win in San Francisco earlier this season. But the Rams, you have to win this one. Matthew Stafford, you have to play well. You're coming off a of bye week. You're fresh. Give me the Rams. All right. Lane says the Rams. What about you, YYS? Well, uh, sorry, Adrian. I might have to go with San Francisco here only because it's hard for the Rams to run. I could already see uh, San Francisco trying to completely take Cooper Cup out of the, the equation. So it's going to be it's going to be real hard. I still think, Steve, it's going to be an ugly, yeah. it's going to be one of those ugly games offensively, but I think uh, San Francisco will find a way to grind out uh, the win. Adrian, what do you think? Well, um, YYS, like the uh, Lakers, I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of winning going on in L.A. with the Rams. Ooh, ooh, I'm, ooh. I'm worried about that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we'll yeah. see. Uh, Lane's going Rams. He's got more. I think Lane has more faith in the Rams than you have, Adrian. Yeah, definitely. I'm really worried about this Rams season. But, hey, they, they got to win. I'm with Lane on that. This is a must-win for them and uh, for the 49ers who are 3-4 and four on the year. It's kind of a must-win game for them as well. I'm super interested in this next game. Lane's Giants are playing the Seahawks in Seattle. New York, 6-1. Six 6-1. And one. Six and one. Nobody saw that coming. Brian Dable didn't see that coming. Lane Frank definitely didn't see that coming. The Giants are 6-1, 3-0 and, and oh on the road. Seahawks are 4-3, and 
two and one at home. Seattle, a field goal favorite in this one. Yys, where are we going? I think we're gonna we're gonna have to go with Seattle, Steve, only because uh, every week we seem to keep wondering where where the hell was Geno Smith the first couple of years. He seems to like a renaissance man now, and uh, it's it's to my benefit that, that Lane's. Uh, Giants lose only because Dallas is right there in the same division. Ah, there we I'm go. Go with Seattle on this one. There we go. Back to where I wanted to be, which is if you root for your favorite team, you root for everybody else to lose. That's the way it should be. YYS is getting it right, Lane. Steve, do I have permission to say we? Uh, YYS knows the way I feel about this. YYS, should we allow Lane to say we on this one? Sure, I'm in a good mood. Go ahead, Lane. All right, go we, ahead. We, the New York Giants, Big Blue, beat down the Seahawks, Lumen Field, tough place to play, but I don't care about that. Danny Dimes, he's amazing. Saquon Berkeley runs all over this Seattle defense. They can't defend the run that well. The Giants have a great run defense. Shut down Kenneth Walker. It was one year ago today where Kenneth Walker basically crushed my soul, defeating my Michigan Wolverines with, was it? Six touchdowns? Yeah, not happening this week, Kenneth Walker. I hope you get shut down by my New York Giants. We win this game. All right. We got two left to go. You are hilarious. Here we go. Sunday night game. Packers and Bills. Buffalo 5-1, 2-0 at home. Pack 3-4, 1-2 on the road. Green Bay is struggling. They're also 11.5-point underdogs laying at Orchard Park. You know, my biology teacher, he's a Packers super fan, he told me that they're going to get killed. If he, if a Packers super fan is telling me they're going to get killed, I think they're going to get killed. Give me the Bills on this one over the Packers. Who's your bio- uh, Give a shout-out to your biology super fan, uh, Packers fan. What's his name? Mr. Vaquero, appreciate you, Packers fan. All right, good job, Mr. Vaquero. Good to see you're picking against your team. What about you, YYS? All I could tell you, Steve, is after this game, we are going to hear nothing but Aaron Jones highlights. And it's going to be highlights from them getting killed. That's all. That's going to be the bright spot of the offensive uh, night for Green Bay. So I, I know Buffalo's just going to kill them, Steve. It's, I, I just didn't want to laugh because I don't want to piss off your other fans. But, I mean, they're going to get killed, Steve. Fair enough. I'm putting killed next to this one because everybody thinks it's going to be a slaughter. Monday night football, four and two, four and three Bengals. They're two and two on the road, taking on the two and five Browns. One and three at home at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. All right, let's get this rolling. Cincinnati three and a half point road favorites. End it for us right now. Yys. Hey, um, I don't know if Chad's listening, but I'm sorry, Chad. I, I know we're boys and everything, but I. It's going to be hard to pick, uh, pick against Joe Burrow. I, even though there's no Jamar Chase, I know Joe Burrow will find a way to get it done, so I'm picking the Bengals on this one. Fair enough. Lane, your turn. Joe Burrow's able to connect with Tyler Boyd pretty well last week. He'll do it again. Joe Burrow, 15 touchdowns on the season, only five interceptions. That's a great ratio right there. We all kind of wrote Joe Burrow off the first two weeks of the season and after that Ravens game, but uh, Bengals rolling this one. The league has figured out Jacoby Brissett. If you need Jacoby Brissett to start four games for you, he can go in two, two and two. If you need to start 12 games for you, that's a problem. So you're picking the Bengals. Yeah, All right. Bengals, Cincinnati. Uh, you two did a good job. You disagreed on a total of four games this week. Four games. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, is there anything, YYS, you would like to say to uh, Lane before we wrap up this segment? No, good. Um, I'll just say I, good acumen. I, I love his enthusiasm. I, eh, sky's the limit for him if he keeps at it with all – with uh, the path he's going, and it was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again. 
There you go. Elaine, anything you want to say to your challenger this week, Ying Yang Samurai? Appreciate you so much for coming on, but hopefully we can win. Hopefully I can win. Hopefully we can win the games that we both agreed on. All right, listen. I'm rooting for Ying Yang because I want him to win okay. barbecue. All right, all right. But I'm also rooting for you because it looks better for you when you beat our listeners every week because it just raises your street cred as far as uh, your prognostication ability on the radio show. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So nobody can lose, right? We can't yeah. lose. All right. YYS, great job. We'll see how you do uh, next week. Good luck to you. And thank you for being a part of this this week. Thank you. You got it. Lane, always a pleasure. Schoolyard Sports drops with video here momentarily. The audio is already up wherever uh, podcasts are, uh, are listened to. Yeah, of course. You can listen on every single podcast platform. Uh, it's going to come out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, any video platform, any podcast platform. You can watch and listen to it there. Great episode. Final question. What do you eat at a Michigan football game? What's your go-to? Honestly, eat before the game. I'm, when I'm at the game, I am locked in. I probably lose pounds of them at the game because I'm sweating so much, so nervous. Uh, it's an awesome environment, Steve. It's, it's an awesome environment. So your blood pressure goes through the roof during a, a oh, Michigan yeah. game. goes through the roof. I mean, last year at the Washington game, last year in the Orange Bowl against Georgia. I understand. Yeah, that, yeah, that was crazy. All right, listen, I've gone so far ahead. I don't even think we could do Sports Center right now. We kind of blew past that a while ago. So it's good to see you. We'll see you back next week, and thanks as always for the time. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, guys, for having me on again. The great Lane Frank with us. Our segment brought to you by River Oaks Properties. We'll wrap it up next here on Sports Talk.